So, still aspiring rhythm guitar player. Uh, the man who told Craig T. Nelson no. Oh, no one tells Craig T. Nelson no. Mm -mm. Former Jaguar owner. And my former race-winning, championship-winning engineer, Chris Willis. Not as good as I am with your race cars, I'd like to point out. Yeah, once okay, again, I've, right once I just it. want to repoint right out, I've made your cars faster than you have. Chris Willis, if you could describe this lunch we just had in one word, what would it be? Coat hanger? <laughs> huh. I forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio All right, guys, welcome to Dinner with Racers. Oh, <laughs> I'm Ryan Eversley, alongside my partner, Sean, who has a mouthful of tacos. I do, here in Pasadena, California. <laughs> now, normally we are driving down the road while we do these, but you know what? We've driven so much this year. We've been all over the place. We've taken airplanes. We've taken Acura RDXs, MDXs. We've crossed the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, exactly. We've crossed parts of the Pacific to get to Alaska. Right. We've basically been to the moon and back if you look at the travels we've done over the past yeah. couple of years. So on this particular trip, we went down to... Cardiff. Cardiff, yeah. On this particular trip, we went down to Cardiff, California. Uh, Cardiff is a little between Orange County and San Diego. It's yeah. just a little bit north of San Diego. Yeah, so this one was uh, something that was exciting for both of us because our guest, Chris Willis, Sean knows from years ago, and he was actually my engineer a couple years back when I drove for real time. So we won a championship together. We won my first GT race together. But the biggest thing about Chris is that he is one of the smartest guys I've ever met in motorsports, and he has an amazing background with the Nissan GTP program. He was also the engineer on one of the worst projects I've ever been a part of. <laughs> so while I had the best experience with Chris Willis, you might have had one of the worst. Yeah, and I would argue one of his worst. Too. Oh, absolutely. Not his yeah. fault. Yeah. Not his fault. Absolutely. It yeah. comes up. So a little bit more background on Chris. He worked with the Nissan GTP program that everybody should be familiar with if you follow sports car racing but if you're not it was one of the biggest prototype programs in the history of the sport they had tons of success they had amazing drivers and it was one of those things that i think most kids including yourself saw that car and wanted to be involved in racing so chris put out a book called developing a champion which covers the electromotive nissan gtp story and it's a really in-depth great detailed book that i got one for my dad i got one for myself it's on my coffee table every day and it's a really great book where can i get that book uh well uh there are a few places you can look at but i believe the one that benefits Chris the most, which you can then in turn thank him for being on our podcast. Good luck with this. Uh, ChrisWillisAutoRacingBooks.com. However, Willis <laughs> is with an E, not an I. So it's Chris, C-H-R-I-S-W-I-L-L-E-S, AutoRacingBooks.com. Chris is an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a marketer that understands simple URLs. Right. So ChrisWillisAutoRacingBooks.com. Rolls off the top. Yeah. Uh, and you can with the knee. check out, what is the name of the book one more time? It is Developing a Champion, the Electromotive Nissan GTP Story. During this episode, you're going to hear all sorts of cool stories about cool Nissan shit. You're also going to hear about engineering Erica Davis's husband's racing program. You're going to hear a bunch of Boris Said stories, oh, yeah. who he worked with quite a bit. And you're also going to hear about using a factory program to start your own rock band. You know, that old jingle. That so old. while we were out at Cardiff, uh, where did we eat, Ryan? We went down the Pacific Coast Grill, which I'm not kidding. You looked out the window. You were watching people surf. It yeah. was super cool. 
I had the, according to this random wheel of food, because I can't remember, Pete, seafood. I hope that's on point. That's okay. On point. Yeah. 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 What'd you have? Well, I had a chicken sandwich. Uh huh. And questionable service. That's, that's correct. I remember this now. That's right. So uh, once again, Chris is an awesome guy. We really enjoyed sitting down with him. He means a lot to me in my career. One of the best, most supportive guys I've ever had to take my back. And we talked about that. It just was really special to get to sit down with him. Speaking of support, Ryan, yeah. you know how our fans can support us. How's that? Well, they can always thank our sponsors, Continental Tire. Sure. But of course, we're also on Motor Trend now. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you like uh, paying for more streaming apps, why not go over to Motor Trend <laughs> Plus? Yeah. And uh, you can watch the Dinner with Racers uh, streaming TV show yeah. on Motor Trend Plus. Or you can just go to YouTube. Motor Trend on YouTube. Motor trend if you go to uh, google.com yep look up motor trend uh and then within that there are some dinner with racers episodes all of our shows are on there including our first two seasons which were with another streaming service uh our third season which just came out a couple of months ago and we've got a fourth season coming out very very soon so stay tuned but if you're on that youtube and you see our content please uh please comment even if it's just say cool and thank you because views are great but comments add a ton of value. And do us a huge favor if you can. Tag Continental and tag Motor Trend when you're posting about us. It'll go a very, very long way, and that'll keep this show on the road. Speaking of support and being on the road, yeah. should we thank uh, Rene Rass for uh, driving us all around the globe to the moon and back? He keeps speaking German. I don't speak German. Komm schnauzeiten jetzt hier, fahrt weiter. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah, you got he, some of that, right? I'm going to just hope that I do. But you know what uh, What helps Renee driving us all around the globe? I think it's these amazing tires. It is these amazing tires. What kind of tires are they, Ryan? Uh, I wish I could say it in German, but I think uh, I've heard this pronounced before in German, and it was continental tire. Yes, it would be With, the continental tires. So I try to do a German accent of my cheese dick uh, monster truck voice guy sure. for kind of so like the continental tires i'm not doing it that's <laughs> too close to home but uh they also want to hear it another way okay well i thought i did a good job but here we go continental tire cross contact check out the new release they just put out chris willis Meow. all right we're gonna start in five four three two hey brother hey how are you oh shit hey, Good to see you, doing okay? Yeah. I'm pinned in, but nice seeing you, nice seeing you brother. Yeah. We were we were hoping you were gonna come in with like a surfboard and a wetsuit. You know? yeah, like, He's like, by the way, all right, boys, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, all the years I've lived here, I've never surfed. I've, really? I boogie boarded, but never okay. surfed. What? Okay. So. Yeah. Do you take advantage of the? Because like, because so I I could never, like I've been in Southern California a long time, but I could never do the. Oceanside living because I feel like I would never take advantage of it and I would just feel guilty and hate how much money I'm spending. Um, but are you this guy or do you um, go to the beach a lot? You know, when we first moved here, um, we came down a lot. But yeah. as you live here, you know, I've been living in Encinitas since 1998. Right. So it's been a long time. So and usually, Encinitas is uh, a bit north of San Diego, basically. Yes, yeah. 30 minutes north of yeah. San Diego, yeah. And so, uh, you know, in the beginning, we would come down quite a bit. And yeah. uh, so after the years, it's really you, you get. Uh, company you know uh, family comes in and you come down and enjoy it or you and and a lot of times i'll come down on a weekday if if i'm coming because i don't want to come on the weekend when it's all crazy crazy, yeah parking yeah but it's awesome right it's beautiful beautiful yeah no it's probably one of the nicest views we've had i was just thinking yeah yeah figured you'd like it yeah Yeah, you did okay you did all right yeah Yeah. so what would you be doing today if you weren't coming to sit with us um i would be working on a uh gt3 car oh Okay. SCCA GT3 car. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I got a deal going where I'm working on a um, Mazda Miata 
GT3 uh, car? Yeah. For wait, wait, what? SCCA. Oh, because S- the class thing. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah I was like, hang on. Back up. Non-factory, I guess. Yeah, non-factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that's the bummer about racing these days, right? Because the factory Everything's guys. Everything's homologated. These, G, these, uh, yeah, yeah. these GT3 cars, there's no, yeah, my work is very minimal now because yeah. all these manufacturers come up with these cars that are super expensive, more <laughs> expensive than my designs yes. back in the day. Yeah. And uh, and it's taken over, you know, guys like me. There's nowhere really to go except for off road or yeah. or SCCA. That's really what's left. Right. Well, so and this is why we wanted to sit with you. Is that um, you may or may not appreciate this. And Ryan and I haven't discussed like my specific term, but like you're sort of a throwback guy, which is why we wanted you on here. You know, you're not necessarily the household Townsend Bell name that we had last night. Right. But you're Chris Willis, who's a mad scientist. Like you work out of your own home, doing your own and. And like you say, the GT3 days now where you're basically given a homologated car and so it's just minor setup changes that are going to make the right. difference. The guy like you who likes to build little bits that you can add on to a car and whatnot, this is, this is, this is not your era, basically. Right. Yeah, I was fortunate to grow up when I did because um, it was, it's so great just to have a rule book and no BOP, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your rule book. <laughs> yeah. Build whatever you can, but yeah. stay within yeah. this rule book. Yeah. And I was, I'm so blessed to have yeah. lived through that period, the 90s, you know. Yeah. But, early 2000 and then it started coming in mm-hmm. you know with world challenge yeah. started at first with the weight you know when you'd win you'd oh, get weight. weight yeah, 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 yeah. Weight. yeah. And, and then they, you'd have to we went to uh world challenge with uh, acs and it was a whole new thing because everybody's sandbagging right you know? yeah, yeah so yeah. it was like all right we got to can't show what we got until we're ready you know and you and I have a relationship from working together for a bunch of years with the Accurate Real-Time program. Yeah. So when we're referencing some of the things that we've done together, it's because we work together. Yeah. And then you guys actually work together oh, before we did. We have. Which I think right. is pretty cool. And we'll, yeah. We can talk about this now or later, but I've made your cars faster than you. Have you? You've made have a, we, a car. <laughs> we, I made one of your cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm a better engineer than you. Um, sort would you, of. Would you say digital engineer? Yeah, I'm a digital engineer. Have we talked about this? Well, yeah, we'll probably bleep that because I don't want to have to deal with that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, well, because you and Ryan have known each other forever. But I, I have, I don't know if I've told you the story about how I made one of your cars faster than you ever I, could. Yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, heard yeah, that. I got you beat. So um, you and I worked together on a uh, basically a, a program where they took a street car and tried to make it into a world challenge capable GT car. All right. Didn't go well. No. Um, not your fault by any means. It should have been a GTS car. Yeah, because it was a showroom stock car that really shouldn't compete against GT3 cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you literally took a showroom stock car, tried to make it GT3 competitive. A limited budget. With a very limited budget. I'm guessing zero factory support. Zero factory support. Zero factory support. And we'll call the leadership dynamic. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. And you did what you could. And I think that's where you and I got to know each other because I was like, I could see what you were dealing with and you were... You were just keeping a big smile, right, just doing yeah. your thing. And I was like, I respect yeah. this guy. So yeah. I don't know from like your baseline lap times to your final lap times. I don't know how much time you took down, but let's call it six seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have a big race at Sonoma. I don't remember what the final lap times you guys had were. I don't know. I just yeah. know we finished the race. We yeah. were dead last, but yeah. we did finish you the did. race. Yeah, you did finish. Was good. But like, I don't remember what your, let's call your lap time at 22. I don't know what it was. Um, when it then came time to sell that streetcar, race car. <laughs> To someone else? To somebody like, else. Yeah, yeah. So like, this was a real thing. Um, it was asked with some of the GoPro footage and video footage that I made. Because you had been working alongside that program. I've been working video, doing video stuff. Content. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, managed to make an onboard lap three seconds faster <laughs> <laughs> to help sell it. So, yeah. uh, you could do whatever you could, but I still was win. Was there, uh, was he passing people in your video? 
I think it, no. no, never, never. No, well, you, I, you I didn't thought, change yeah. the. You didn't change <laughs> that part. I, I can't. I, I well, you just it. sped it up. My digital capabilities. <laughs> I could now. Yeah, <laughs> I could you now. Could add, yeah, I could yeah. have added cars to pass. <laughs> right. Um, right. I remember in the actual like, in the, the like the marketing pieces we were putting out. I did like cuts like onboard footage and then like him like battling with other cars which was always him blocking mm-hmm. you know? or, or then just coming by yeah exactly yeah, but I always made it look yeah. like you just shoot you, you do the thing where it makes it look like they're side by side mm-hmm. where in fact it was just them going meow right past yeah. them yeah. but uh, but yeah Practice I took footage him, helps yeah. I took an onboard lap and shaved three seconds like That's I even funny. like manipulated the sound so, so it didn't, didn't sound, sound. set sped up the whole thing but yeah so you're welcome you're welcome yeah I don't know if you remember either what I asked you at the end is I wanted to get a copy of the because you had me mic'd up the whole time Oh, and I, I wanted to get a copy of the mic because um, I was there was stuff I was saying under my breath that I, would, I didn't know <laughs> if it was coming through or right. not. Right. Right. So I wanted to find out what everything you were hearing mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. yeah. I could uh, I could weasel Make my way out if that came yeah. up. Later. Never yeah. came up, but yeah. I knew I knew you and I knew you wouldn't pass that along. We, so I wasn't too concerned about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, I would kind of walk. You know, I'd say something and I'd kind of walk away just to myself. I'm like, oh wait a minute, mic up. I got to be careful. Yeah. That's that's something that I still forget. Like we'll be wearing like lav mics for for doing stuff we're doing, and I'm like, I'm gonna go use the bathroom, and then I'm like halfway through taking a leak, and I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Could right. I just say, I'm like, sorry. If you could, yeah. Like a naked gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> just like keeps going and keeps going. Yeah, um, yeah. But that that actually brings up uh, something that we talk about uh, that you've instilled on me, uh, Sean's instilled on me, is uh, making sure your editor likes you. Because if you were a dick and he had all that audio, oh, that yeah. could easily I go could in. Made, yeah, 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 yeah. like, sure, I'll put that in there. No he problem. Could have had me fired right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to be that, if you're that shitty to me. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. let's just say the leadership in that program was emotional. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. I yeah, it was understood difficult. what you were working so, on. So it was the, the overall point is that we've all three worked together separately. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, last night we interviewed Townsend Bell, which we didn't, you know, we never really hung out with him. And we sat down with John Morton a couple of days ago, which we'd never met him either, you know. So this is a little Great more comfortable guy. for us. Yeah, he was awesome. I love John yeah. Morton. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome. All right, go. <laughs> Tell, sell us. Sell us on Chris sell Willis. Us Chris Willis. Um, well, I got a book out. No, that's the end. <laughs> you do that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> My story is I, uh, my, my dad was English. My mom was English also. They moved to North Carolina and, and, and uh, didn't know each other. They got married, met each other. Actually, in South Carolina, met each other, got married, and then they had four kids. And me and my brother, I, I, got, two, I got one brother, two sisters. So my dad was in SECA racing from the get-go. And uh, so when I was five years old, I, I was going to races with him. Me and my brother were. And we, he would just let us roam around the track, and we'd go to every corner watch cars go through every corner so we we knew how to apex a corner by the time we were six seven years old <laughs> i mean i think at that point a lot of the a lot of english people were coming to the u.s okay. yeah because yeah. there were more opportunities sure and uh, that's when my dad came over and my yeah. mom my mom's dad actually came over and, and ran a steel mill in uh Ooh. in north carolina huh unfortunately it uh, got sold before <laughs> you know it stayed with the family yeah. so that was a bit unfortunate but um but yeah they uh we have to go there oh we do yeah so your grandfather worked in the mill? Uh, my yeah, my mom's father. Yeah. Okay. Was that ever? Threatened? He owned it. He owned the. Uh, oh, he owned the mill. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So instead of being like, if you don't get your shit together, you're going to be working at my mill. It could have been. You could. Well, t- this I, mill could be yours one day. Well, unfortunately for me, um, he passed yeah. before I was even born. Okay. So this was way back. You know, yeah. um, probably in the. I don't know. I don't know actually how early he moved to South Carolina, yeah. but it was it was probably in the 40s, 50s when he was doing that. But it was sold before you were born. Um, yes. Okay. So no, no mill no threats mil. in your life. No. Well, that no. story just got edited out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, my dad was into road racing, right? Now we're growing up in the South in NASCAR 
territory in Charlotte. I mean, we grew up in Charlotte. We moved to North Carolina and, and lived in the north part of Charlotte in the Derrida area. And, uh, you know, we're having dinner at, 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 at night. My dad, you know, we talk about racing and stuff. My dad says, all right, boys, don't get into NASCAR. Going in circles is stupid. You want to go right, left. You want to go up and down hills and stuff. So uh, I thank him so much for that because I – the NASCAR uh, is just too much, right? There's 35 races a year, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just it's a whole. It's a there is no weekend. Road racing off is so much life. better with yeah. you know, you know, even 20 races a year is a lot, you know. But so uh, so anyway, my dad raced a little yeah. bit, and uh, we were always hanging around, and um, and then I went to college, and uh, you went to UNC, right? I went to North North Carolina State. North Carolina State, yeah, yep. NC State. Yep, and uh, so uh, we um, I got a mechanical engineering degree, and this guy. Uh, my, my dad and two other guys formed this company. Actually, three other guys formed this company called Troika Enterprises. And they were racing little uh, grand American uh, cars in like, uh, I think it was um, IMSA. Was there a Grand Am in IMSA or back, way back, you know. Um, but anyway, it, like the Firecracker uh, 400, uh, not the 400, but there was a road race at Daytona they would go do every year and stuff. Oh, but like anyway. the Paul Revere. Yeah, Paul Revere. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 So, um so anyway, um, Wes Moss was uh, one of the engineers on the, or was an engineer, and, and my dad actually met him at Home and Moody. My dad worked at Home and Moody way oh, back. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, heard of them. And uh, and Wes was his boss, and so uh, Wes and him started a, a race team a little later on, and uh, and then when Wes found out I was uh, going to college, he 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 was, had gotten a job at Electromotive in in California working with Don Devendorf and doing the GTO. Uh, IMSA GTO car and he told me he said when you graduate let me know um, if I've got a job I'll hire you yeah because before they did the GTP cars and then later the GTO cars they did smaller Nissan like 240 was it a 240 or they something did, they did 280s 280s right. yeah well, 280s GTU car going even further to back Electromotive at the time through the history team was like the Nissan Datsun yeah. kind of racing team that like if, similar to like what a like when AMG started or right. that kind of thing. This is them and Bob Sharp Yeah, Bob Sharp had it as well. They're the two yeah. big yeah. Yeah. Nissan guys. Yeah. 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 But if you're not a diehard sports car fan, if you've ever seen the blue and yellow, sorry, blue, white, and red Nissan GTP cars that are very famous, this is the first thing they were doing, right? right. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. not the first. That, okay. I mean, they started off with a B210. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Running yeah. an RS, yeah. the radial series yep. in NIMSA. Yeah. Yeah, Won smaller. the championship in that mm -hmm. and, and came up with a crank-fired ignition on that car back then okay in the 76 yeah yeah, yeah always yeah. nissan dots and then they did 280z's in gtu won the championship mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. a 280z x in gto won yeah. the championship yeah. and then moved up to gtp yeah and uh and so that's when i came in as in 1986 um i called wes up and he goes yeah i got a job for you yeah and so i'm on a red eye flight out from north carolina with two bags in my hand mm -hmm. and i uh, lived with wes for about three months and uh, it was a trial thing so he hired, hired me for about you know, it was three-month trial, and if they wanted me, they'd keep me. If they didn't, they'd kick me back. And you're like 20? I'm 20, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah just graduated. Yeah, I've just graduated. Do you yeah. know everything? No. You didn't? No. You I weren't that nothing. kid? No. Okay. Mm -mm. No, I was there absorbing because right. I, there were so many smart people there. My first day on the job, um, Wes takes me in, and he goes, normally I show you around the shop, but we have this project we need you to jump on right away, and it involved uh, aluminum block. Uh, re replacement for the V6 iron, the stock iron block from the, the yeah. engine yeah. block from iron yeah. to aluminum. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. And uh, so basically, replicate this, but in aluminum form. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they were running the iron block at that time, but they were having problems with the block cracking, and it, the reliability was not that great with right. it. And so um, Don Devendorf had, had done a deal with uh, Nissan in Japan that um, Electromotive Engineering would design this aluminum block, yeah. and they would make it stronger 
lighter than the than the iron block. And how'd you deal with serious homologation? Uh, yeah, none of that. Uh, Insta said, "No, weird." <laughs> yeah, they said, "Wow, you got a lighter engine. Cool. That's cool, <laughs> neat. Look, innovation." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was wow. awesome. So yeah, I mean, I worked with this guy named Joe Anahori, who uh, they had also hired on as a consultant. Joe had done a bunch of uh, drag racing blocks. I um, I came in and I basically was there as a draftsman to help Joe finish so, like, the project. Straight off the red eye, go to work. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Right, and this was all hand drawing. There was no mm-hmm. computers. There mm-hmm. was no drafting systems back then. It was all, we had huge drawing boards. And so I drew this whole engine on 11 sheets of 34 by 44 uh, engineering yeah, paper, yeah, yeah. you know. And so we had this long drafting board along the back wall, and you'd line the sheets up so you could do the side view with the, you know, the front view. And So it's like a CAD view of a race car with the engine in the side of it and everything? No, or no, just this was just doing the engine. Just the engine. Yeah, just okay. the engine. Yeah, yeah. And I had... Uh, the Nissan had given us the original factory drawings of the, the iron block. Mm-hmm. So, but it was funny because uh, Joe Anahori called it hieroglyphics because it was all in Japanese. <laughs> right. We, <laughs> like, we couldn't read this? one. Yeah. We couldn't right. read one word out of the right. whole thing. But it was all in metric, so that's really all we needed was the numbers anyway. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, so I was able to use that to make sure all the the points were in the spot, mm-hmm. right spot. But it was pretty tricky. I mean, I. I knew nothing about it. And I knew a little bit about engines. I played around with Briggs and Stratton's. And I rebuilt and built them when I was a kid in my go-karts and stuff. But that's a little different from yeah, a, from a, a full blown or whatever. Engine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I learned, I did a lot of calculations that they had me do that. So I understood more about how the water flows through the block, how the oil flows through and making sure you get oil everywhere it needed to go with, with good pressure. It was, um, it was really a cool learning experience. And I spent, I spent two hours, I mean, I'm sorry, two years, on that project um doing the drawings then i would go to the pattern shop in downtown la which was a bit scary yep um because <laughs> what do you, you mean? mean because of crime yes, <laughs> yes at first wes and me and wes would both go there in, in the beginning and you know you're driving down the street and you're seeing all these gated uh windows and everything yeah, and it hasn't changed yeah, and so it was a bit scary just getting out of the car and getting to the well, pattern shop. Was a bit say, scary. and you're like, and you're like, you're coming from from the Carolinas. Yeah, I'm coming from where like you're coming to Southern California, and like you're straight to the worst parts of Los Angeles. Right. Where was Electromotive out of? They were in El Segundo, which is just below LAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, El Segundo now is okay. I don't know how it was then. It was it, good. It was okay. a nice okay. little area actually back okay. then too. But that, but it, that's like where Shelby's shop was in that general area. So like there were some racing things that happened yeah. out of there. Mm-hmm. So. But if you're going downtown to pick up parts or, or go do stuff, that's still sketchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, we were downtown LA. Yeah, you know, where we were driving yep. to. Yeah, where the, where the pattern Great shop. Part yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Wait to go get what to get like to the pattern to, to, oh, pa- to okay. do the patterns yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it was great because I learned how how patterns were made. I didn't, never knew any of that, and these guys were just brilliant. They had they were artists, you know, because they could take drawings and they would reverse the your drawing in wood and it, it was just i just uh, blow, blown like away 3D by printing it. of the time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it's crazy and uh and so i would go there and i would answer questions and make sure everything looked right and uh at first it was me and wes and then later on wes just had me going down on my own yeah the patterns went to the foundry and then we made five five initial parts and uh they were um fully x-rayed and and, and tested and everything and i i took them back to the shop and i uh, actually took blue dicom all over them and, and marked where all the holes were and everything on them to make sure there was material everywhere there needed to be where there was a hole you know and i think we found a couple of spots where we there was um, some errors so we were able yeah. to we were able to weld those up because this was uh couldn't you just a run it through cft yeah right <laughs> uh, no, no let me go back a sec so you have an emmy from north carolina state yeah are they teaching any of this, or is this very much straight into the frying pan kind of stuff? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, when I started working there, um, 
Electromotive was so engineering-based that a lot of times I was doing calculations on designs we were working on, and I would—I had my books from college. I had to go back and reference some of my books at college. Well, yeah. to, to and how are you calculating? By hand. That's that's where yeah. I was going. Like, yeah. are there like slide rules and all kinds of? Shit that well, no slide rules, but I had a calculator, you know. And, okay. and, uh, oh, well, you cheated. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all about stress, you know, stresses and seeing what the stress stresses were in parts to, you know. So you'd manually calculate these stresses. But uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of like schoolwork, you know. If you it, it was just pages and pages of calculations. You know, stuff. it's never going to make it into the movies about how race cars used to be built. Is that any of this? I got drafting. Yeah, yeah, because it needs to be like sparks flying. There needs to be sparks you know, flying and like yelling at middle management. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. There's, there's never going to be a yeah, guy that's like, one second. Not the 22 year old. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, no, I got an engine block right here. They're like, nah, <laughs> right. not sexy enough. Yeah. yeah, but the reality is, is that's how you had to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was great. I mean, like I say, sure. it was a great learning experience. And that was the thing about Electromotive. That all the guys that were there, they were all so good in their specific areas. Like Wes was really good at engineering and diagnosing problems making parts better, sometimes lighter than they were and, and stronger. Um, and then you had Trevor Harris, who was he, – he never graduated from college, but he was one of the the premier um, race engineers of, the, of his time, you know. And uh, aerodynamics and everything, he was all involved in way back. Wind tunnels way back in, in, in early days in the 70s and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, John spoke really highly of him, Yeah, John Morton, on yeah. his episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you had Don Davendorf, who electronically was a genius, you know. And then he just knew everything else he knew really well, too. So it, it was just incredible to work with those guys. And you, Ryan, got the benefit of, of right. all that knowledge yeah, because it's still in me today. And, yeah. and everything I do relative to racing yeah. is a lot of it based on what those guys taught me about. Came from being 22 mm-hmm. and figuring that out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just we have, di- you have computers, you have mm-hmm. different materials and stuff, but – all the stuff we were doing back then is yeah. is the stuff you yeah. would do today to make a car try yeah. to win, you know. Yeah. And that was engineering. You know, a lot, a lot of those teams, some of those teams back then, they you know they were running Porsche, so they break apart, they get another one from Porsche. You know, yeah, we right. break apart. Why is it broken? We need to yeah. fix it. We well, need to make it better. Again. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. can't let this happen. Wait, again. so yeah. an individual team could see a problem in a car, <laughs> and we design something, something and make changes and improve on it. No, no, no. You go down to the to the parts to truck. The truck. <laughs> you didn't go to the Nissan truck. First, you go to the bank. Yeah, you take out yeah, a loan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We had almost a full machine shop in the truck. Yeah, you know, yeah. at Nissan because we were building our own own stuff. So yeah. you had to have full fabrication and machine shop in the, in the truck when yeah. you were on the road. So it was, it was a really cool deal. Yeah. So, so what, you never had a real job then. No, unfortunately, yeah. fortunately, I never had. College right into this. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, when Nissan closed, I um, formed my own company, and uh, because there was at MPTI, there was. You know, Electromotive turned into MPTI, Nissan Performance Technology. Yeah. And uh, there was about 250 people working there. 150 were doing the paperwork on the work 100 people were doing. But still, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turned it changed. Tr- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all those people went all every, everywhere in racing when, when they closed the door. So they were in off-road and IndyCar and sports cars, everything. And so I had a real good reputation with a lot of most of the people there. So I, I just got phone calls straight out of the out of the blue, you know, can you, hey, can you come do this? Can you do that? So it was, is just, it just led into my own company, and and yeah, so I'm super happy that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Happened. yeah, yeah. yeah. What was real. the, what was the sensation like after you spent all this time building an engine block, to the first time you hear it starting up? Oh, uh, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and the first time the the engine got put together, the um, I was there with the engine builder mm-hmm. and just to make sure it all was good, and and he. Uh, he gave me a real this guy named Don Reynolds. He, I remember him saying, "This is amazing that everything just fit right." Oh, that's got to be like without. the biggest compliment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it turned out great, and it, I, I mean, even to this day, I'm I'm proud of that engine. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. A lot of us were involved in it, and um, and it was just a great accomplishment. It, it, 
took 60 pounds off the car and then turned the, uh, the reliability upside down. I mean, yeah. we, were, we started winning races and, and not having problems. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, when you're at Electromotive, obviously, it's 2022. You have a book out about this very program. But at the time, do you realize you're part of a program that's going to be in video games for the rest of our lives? Well, when I first got there in 86 and saw what was going on, I saw they had a wind tunnel. I saw the engine shop and everything they were doing there, and, the, and I met the guys, the mechanics, and some of the, the fabricators. And this was all for the Nissan GTP. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I knew, and, and Wes and, and, and Don, and I have met Don, I, I knew that that, that car was going to be special. And and I knew, I'd, I'd been watching it, you know, because I'd, I'd years before I'd talked to Wes about it, so I'd kept an eye on what the how they were doing, and I saw the, the California cooler car and that, the crashes they had, and it was nicknamed the California Coffin for yeah, good reason, right, right, you know? yeah. And so uh, when I got there, things were starting to change. You know, they're starting to turn around, and they they still had the old bodywork when I got there, but they had designed the new one. And I actually had, had drawn a one of the, the rocker seals. And I'm like, what am I drawing a rocker seal for? But I had no idea what was going on. They had all this new bodywork, and so they put that new bodywork on, and uh, it just turned the car around, aer- you know, aerodynamically. And then all we needed to do, we 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 were the fastest car out there, and because there was no restrictions on engine either, and we were making, you know. Almost thousand horsepower out of this engine. God damn it! Is it, like put in as much. Year? Put as much. This is 80, 87, God damn 86. it! Uh huh. Yeah. And it was you know it was a stock block, right? A stock block That's and not stock heads. Uh huh. So we were having to fight the the um, stock valve train and everything, which was limiting our RPM. So that, I mean they were just shoving tons of boost in the mm-hmm. thing, yeah. as much boost as you could run reliably. You just keep turning yeah. it up, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Then it blows up. You turn it down a little yeah. bit. Just yeah. turn it down yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And John Nepp on the dyno apparently would do would. The dyno the the points for the for the EC, EC, ECU at the time, and he would uh, he had a he had a um, you know one of those uh, what do you call them yeah stethoscope type thing and he would he would put it on the engine and wait and while the engine's running and we hear it start knocking okay let's back that off a little bit he's literally sitting with a stethoscope on a loud engine yeah, block yeah. I mean it wasn't exactly a stethoscope but it was a device oh, right, a device to listen into yeah, specific to an engine pings, yeah, yeah. Type thing yeah so um so yeah and that's, so that's what they were doing and and I mean we would. I mean, we were super fast, right? That that EECP that uh, Devendorf came up with was just a magic. You know, none of us knew what he was, what, what was going on with the thing, but 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 it was making ma- massive amounts of power and controlling the engine properly, you know. And so um, we just knew it was a matter of time that we get the car right, the speed and reliability come together. We were going to be tough to beat. Were you going on the races? In 1990, towards the end of 1990, um, Trevor was doing both cars, yeah, you know, race engineering both cars. Kind of like I was doing with you and Peter and TLX, but uh, Trevor was doing both cars and he he needed a little bit of help, so they had me go on the road for the last four races in 1990 to help him with uh, doing race uh, engineering, and that was oh my god, that was so valuable to me because my job basically was to hold a hold a clipboard, walk around with Trevor. Trevor uh, Bradham would come in. Trevor would talk to Bradham about the problems. I would write the problems down. Trevor would call out the changes, so I'd write the change down. Oh, okay. Crew would do it. Boom, he'd go. Then Chip would come in. So we'd go talk to Chip. It's Chip Robinson. Do the same thing, yep. yep. Do the same thing, write it all down. And So I was basically Trevor Scribner, you know. And right, but that's it, a hell of an apprenticeship. It was so, so yeah. valuable to me. Right. Now, you guys are redeveloping these Nissan parts to be race-ready, so to speak, recasting engines and whatnot. Um, what was the... Because this, is, this, is, this era of IMSA racing is considered very much the golden era. You know, when you did right. have the Walkinshaw Jaguars and the Nissans show the up Porsches. and the Porsches yeah. and whatnot. Buicks. Uh, yeah. Right. Chevrolet. <laughs> uh, there was some 
forms of BOP, but nothing like today as we know it. Uh, what was what were the things you had to adhere to in the rulebook? Because you're making your own stuff, but like, were there what were the things that had to parallel with the well, rate, streetcars or whatever? No, I mean, in 1988 was the first year they came out with a restrictor for okay. the turbos. Okay. So what was happening is, in and 80s, that is BOP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, that kids? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was happening is '87. Um, our car, uh, the Nissan and the Chevrolet, uh, Hendrix Chevrolet um, GTP car, which was also a Lola. That's like a Corvette, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Corvette. yeah. Um, but we had the most power of anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were sitting on the front row all the time, and uh, we would we would break, they would break, yeah. Porsche would win. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, and then the March Buick came along, yeah. and they had huge power. Yeah. You know, so the normally aspirated cars were getting left behind. Mm -hmm. And so IMSA decided, all right, we got to bring back these these turbo cars and let these normally aspirated cars have yeah. a chance. Yeah. But were there rules about commonality you had to have with Nissan production stuff? No, I think the Just tail lights maybe. Something but it wasn't like, like you had to have a common block. It had, it was a dimension it had to fit. Um, there were there were rules relative to the stock block. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, like if, if if the Nissan whatever was a was a V6 turbo, you had to be a V6 turbo. Was there anything like that? Not no. really. No. Jesus no. Christ. No. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Just, it was wide wow. open. Just yeah. make it. Everybody liked it. Just yeah. make a race car and put a Nissan sticker on. Yeah. It. yeah. Make it yeah. really cool, fast, and loud. Yeah. And then it'll sell tickets. So oh, weird. So the funny thing is, we're making you know at 87 with this engine, we're making you know a thousand horsepower we want and. Like 600 foot-pounds yeah, of torque. Yeah, yeah. And so, so IMSA says, all right, in 1988, you have to use a restrictor. Yeah. Um, all, all turbo cars had to use. I mean, we had a 57 millimeter restrictor or something we had to use. But the thing that it did to it for us, it upped our torque to 800 foot-pounds, <laughs> and we had 800 horsepower. <laughs> Because what happened? Oh, weird. We're faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You what, asked for it. What yeah, happened was yeah. with, the, with the electronic box Don was doing, yeah. we were able to get on the restrictor, choke choke the restrictor for the whole RPM range. It wasn't yeah. just until you got to the upper R RPM range yeah, where you needed yeah, need more air. Yeah. We were able to, yeah. to get maximum yeah. power all the time, and the turbo lag was really low, too. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, just, they were stepping yeah. on the gas and, and counting two yeah. before the thing would go. Yeah. We had, you know, we were like less than a second. Yeah. Know, so it was a big, big deal. You know, we're in an era now where BOP is literally every week. It's whatever politicking happens. Eight days before, seven days before the race, a new table comes out of whatever he has to do. When the restrictor comes out for 1988, is there another one for mid-Ohio and it's different from Laguna? Or no, is it just they, like, this is the year and you go figure it out? Back then, they didn't want to change during the mid-season. Mm -hmm. They said the rules are this in the beginning and we'll go through the year mm -hmm. until the end of the so year. So we'll just suffer it through yeah. if somebody's strong. The next year came along and they knocked our restrictor down to 54. Mm. Okay. From 87? From 57 oh, to okay. 54. Yeah. Right. And they did so it in a way 900 that foot they did it in a way that it only affected us because mm. they did they did it to a stock block engine, which we were. You were the only ones running the stock block. Yeah. Yeah. So by sticking to your brand. Uh, you know, what? stock parts to make it somewhat road relevant. Yeah. We get penalized. We get screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to be clear, the the stock block was a Nissan sort of business choice. It was not an IMSA rulebook choice. Right, yeah. right. As you start to wind down your GTP career at this point in your life, was there any other car out there that you're like, man, I'd really like to work on that or design something for that? Um, I mean, you know, when NPTI came around, we started doing. Uh, we started doing a, a Group C car. Yeah. We were designing Group C cars, and then we were looking to going into IndyCar. So we were getting ready to oh, build wow. IndyCar engines yeah. for Nissan yeah. to go IndyCar racing in 92, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, the Nissan had come through some tough times. Mm -hmm. A new guy came in charge at, uh, at Nissan 
mm -hmm. North America that didn't think didn't racing was racing. helping. Yep. The yep. guy before named Tom Mignanelli, he said it was the biggest morale boost right. that Nissan's ever had. Dude, and it was he, huge. He it was a massive it. part of my childhood. Like, yeah. you go to Road Atlanta and had, like, the Nissan Bridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, like, it a huge deal. Changed into a performance brand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, but actually back to the theme that we're always hitting on. Despite the fact there's, I'm assuming, thousands of people in management at Nissan, it came down to one guy being excited versus one guy not being yeah, excited. exactly. Every is, time. Every time yeah. there was a change at the top, I remember Wes right. and Don were nervous about, are we right. going to get support from these guys or not? Right. Well, John Ikeda at Acura loves racing, and that helps the case as much as he can. And, and in Nissan's case in, in 1992, a management change from one guy changes all that. It, it's a theme I keep harping on on a marketing level because I feel like we don't understand enough right. that decision makers need to be excited more than anything. So what's the feeling when you get told that the program's coming to an end? Because it's oh, all yeah. you know now. Yeah. It's all you've been doing, and you guys got a really close-knit community in that, in that team. And your network to go find another job is limited to these people. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, man, what am I going to do? Right, you know, right. I'm going to have to try to find an engineering job somewhere here doing O-rings or something, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. Designing O-rings or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we... Uh, so in other words, you thought you was going to have to be time to grow up. I, I didn't think I was going to be able to continue in racing. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to find a real job because you're going to stay in also good. Right, job. right. Yeah. I mean, at the time, we'd moved down here um, to but Vista. Southern California, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah racing so, beyond... Shelby and AAR and Electromotive, like Southern California isn't necessarily the hotbed of racing design. Right. So Nissan was good. They um, they gave us a lot of uh, severance pay, so we had a lot of time to look. And, and you know, the last Kids. year. Severance. Wow. In motorsports. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. In Get in that out of your head right now, listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, so they, they said we were done, and so they laid off in, in, in uh, waves. Yeah. And because I was one of the original, I was one of the last guys to go. But what was happening at the shop after the, after this, the, the you know the the news was that we were closing, that we quit racing. Um, we were there for another three or four months. You you had to go in, but you didn't have to work. You could work on your resume. You could do whatever so you could network, try yeah, to yeah. figure out what job. Yeah. But the funny thing is, there was an IndyCar program doing Indy the Indy 500 right on the computer. Somebody had gotten an IndyCar simulation you know a, oh, a game video games you're playing video you're so like all, the, old so all the engineers games, right all the engineers are racing making is this where you do setup changes yeah so we were all doing setup changes like trying to get the fast camera indy 500 yeah. 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 yeah so we're all trying to get the fastest lap so you, you go into work and you do you know work on this game doing <laughs> indycar you know so. and where, where did you rank i wasn't that good because i'm not that good at Video game. video game. I'm better behind the wheel than I am behind the wheel. Lally sucks at him too, so don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the first person to tell you. Yeah. 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 Tell me about the uh, Electromotive Band. So, um, in uh, 1987, I believe, yeah. when I was working at Electromotive, they hired uh, two guys from Texas came to work for our team. Uh -huh. And they had come to California to be rock stars. <laughs> one, was a, one was a drummer, awesome drummer, the other was an awesome guitarist. Yeah. And they found somehow got this found this job, so they were going to just do this as runners and their, stuff. Is yeah, what this they, was their yeah. side money. Yeah. Hired to. And so they were just going to do this while they created a got a band yeah. together and made it, it big. big. You know? Yeah, right. Everybody comes to LA. We're yeah. all going to make it. So they found out that I played a little bit of rhythm guitar. Yeah. And they found out that the fabricator, a guy named Eddie San Roman, would sing and play bass. Yeah. And he actually had a really good voice. That he did. And so we all got together and we said, all right, let's get a band going. So we would practice in the shop after work every yeah, day. Yeah. And so we started playing songs. Uh, 
But I think Georgia satellites g- give me your give me no lies. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. La Bamba, you know, nice. uh, all the all the party hits. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> and so we were we were practicing, and, and one day, uh, and and the Christmas was coming up. Yeah. It was a Christmas party, and uh, we kind of I think somebody had listened to us play. One of the managers said, "Hey, y'all want to play at a they Christmas party?" They got a copy party. of your demo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. shopping around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so they said, uh, yeah you want to play at the Christmas party? We're like, yeah, I think we only have eight songs, but we'll do the eight songs, you know? And so we're practicing and getting ready. And then John Morton comes walking in one night. Yeah. And he goes, Hey guys, uh, I want to sing a song with you guys. And we're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Which, what do you want to sing? And he goes, uh, I like to sing jailhouse rock by Elvis Presley. And we're like, beautiful. That's awesome. That sounds great. So we start practicing it and, uh, get going. And, and John, John was funny. He, uh, he was good once we got the song going, but yeah. he, he didn't know when to come in, when right. to start. Yeah, you need the bouncy ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's very, yeah. 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 So we're doing this. Da-na, yeah. Da-na, yeah. And yeah. he's supposed to come in, and, and we'd have to slow way <laughs> up yeah. Yeah. to catch yeah. up right. with where right. he was. But right. once we got going, man, it was, it was yeah. good. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, we decided to do it, and he said, don't tell anybody. I want anybody to know I'm going to sing this song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, he, uh, so we go do the party, and uh, – we do our eight songs, and the last one, John comes walking up, and he had a black leather jacket up with the turn, you know, the collar turned up yeah, and everything. Like a badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Wait, what's he going to yeah, do?" You know, so yeah. we we start singing. You know, he starts singing. He's like, and we start doing the Jailhouse Rock, yeah. and he's got the words written on his hand. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah remember. Yeah. <laughs> They're still there. He had them tattooed. Yeah. Actually, but didn't say like six count. One thing he needed. Yeah. yeah. The counts. Yeah. <laughs> where does where does rhythm guitar come from? Um, I've just always wanted to be a musician, and I just had no natural ability. It took me forever to learn how to play. And I, if if I would have had natural ability, I probably would have pursued sure. music. Well, who doesn't want to be a rock star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, they both have illusions of glamour. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So when you guys would play at the shop, would you leave your gear like set up after you were done? Like I think we would take it down, yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because I imagine like there's like a band, like a <laughs> stage set up in the corner. Like, don't worry about that. Well, yeah. we would we would play in the composite area, yeah. so we were away from the cars and everything. Sure. The composite area was sure. more space. Yeah. If if Davendorf is the, you know, after five tornado that you describe, <laughs> I can't imagine that would go well. Yeah. That, like the he, kids. I think he I think he enjoyed it. I oh, think, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was yeah. a, he's a he's a down to earth guy. He right. was just super super smart. So mm-hmm. he was he, he was just always thinking yeah. of of how to make the car go faster or what to do at Hughes Aircraft or whatever. Right. I was, I was thinking of, like, all the Japanese Nissan executives coming to the shop to look at the car, and there's, like, a band set up in the corner. Yeah, right. Like, nothing. What are we paying nothing. for? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are they doing around here? Yeah. 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 Does that lead you into the Celine program from there? Um, well, what happened there was that one of the guys I was working with there, a guy named Glenn Furtado, was working with Poncho Weaver on okay. Trans Am cars. Uh-huh. And he said, hey, Chris, you need to go – I need to introduce you to Poncho. Yeah. And so he did. And then Poncho was wanting to build a new car. So I designed a new mm-hmm. Trans Am car for him. So uh, I don't know. I'm assuming you didn't have a good experience with Steve Celine. Um, I've never met anybody that has a good thing to say about the guys. Well, he's a, he's a he's an interesting guy. Okay. We'll start. We can start with that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I am. Um, I never really had a problem with him. We and him got along really good. Yeah. You and Steve Celine. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I will say about him is his styling is top notch i mean you, you can tell by the celine cars you look at them they're beautiful cars yeah, right, even right. the s7 just is mm-hmm. beautiful car. yeah i thought so yeah. yeah and it's all him you know he he does all the all the all the um visual design stuff and i remember doing uh we did the 1996 sr wide body he called it which was a celine mustang and we did a new body for it 
And so we went to a shop in Costa Mesa to build the plug and everything. And so I'm working on the plug to try to make as much downforce as I want, yeah. as I can, you know, as I think when I can. That, we know what this means. When you say the plug, what does that mean? Uh, that's like uh, you, you, to build a new body uh, shape, you have to build a uh, sort of a the shape of the car like as it is. Of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then it. you pull molds off of that, and then you pull the parts off the mold. It. So okay. you make the car like it's going to look. Right. But it's all plaster and, you know, Bondo yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. Okay. to make the shape. And so I remember going to the shop with Steve, and we're arguing about which way louvers need to be pointed to get to get the most out of the, you know, the effect of it. And, of course, he would win because he owned the company. Yeah, right, yeah. And he, see, see that building? It says my name <laughs> so on it. Wait, yeah. so you're arguing on a performance basis, and he's arguing on an aesthetic basis? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. but it's prettier this way. And you're like, yeah, exactly. well, that also doesn't, yeah, that creates lift, you know. Like, <laughs> it's the opposite of yeah. what we want. So. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah. you know, we had some louvers that you wanted the flow to come perpendicular to the louvers, and he... He aimed them to where you were running parallel with the louvers. Yeah. So it, yeah, that doesn't sound a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound what's called efficient. Yeah. 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 So. Useful at all. Yeah. yeah. But you know, overall, my experience there was good. But you know, we, we go to we go to Lamont, which I thank him for taking me to Lamont. I would have never have been there before if if yeah, he had gone there. Because the program never went. No, right. Yeah. Well, they did, but I, I never I never yeah. went with the yeah. team to do that. Um, but uh, I worked on the cars that went to Lamont with them. But right. um, but it was a different program. The, the the biggest the biggest thing that I just was pissed off about was when we went there, he brought a bunch of American journalists over, so he kind of kind of like paid for the um, publicity rather than us trying to make publicity by our performance. And back then you had to qualify to race. You couldn't just show up and race, you know, or, or you weren't accepted. You had to go on a qualifying day, and you had to yeah, put yeah. in a time yeah, to yeah. put you in high enough to where you could you could get there, you know, and so. We did good. We had, you know, we had Price Cobb driving for us back then, and and uh, we managed to get both cars in the race, which was a, a great accomplishment. And I think there's only been three Mustangs to ever do Le Mans, and two of them are my car, which is, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty cool thing to say. Um, but you know, unfortunately, um, we didn't have spare gearbox. <laughs> so wait, uh, you mentioned that. We, right, but you mentioned the journalist part. Why? Yeah. So, where is this coming in? So the, he spent the money on the journalists coming over and putting uh, them up in chateaus I see. and had helicopter rides for them and everything. And uh, my wife got a benefit of that because she, she, she oh, got the helicopter go. ride around Le Mans before the, right, before right, the race. Right. So that so, was pretty so cool. That, that's the only one that's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the rest of it, you know, we, yeah. had, we had no spare gearbox. Right. Yeah, so right. if we break up gearbox, you got to – and, and you know, that like what happens? specific gears off the shaft trying to fix five it? about five hours in, we break a gearbox. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, we get yeah, it, yeah. It's back, luckily, it gets back to the pit. Yeah. We had to pull the gearbox out, mm -hmm. go into the truck, tear it apart, Rebuild it, Literally put it back rebuild together. Gearbox. Whereas you would normally just put another box in yeah. all the way, or at least a, a gear stack, you right. know. But you're doing individual stuff off the broken. Right. Yeah. 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 Did you uh, Did you ever have to work with Tim Allen? Yeah, I did. Yeah. How yeah. was that? It was good. Yeah. He was He was a lot of fun. Yeah. He. Uh, I remember we were at Road America, and uh, the funny thing about let me get back to Steve. The yeah. funny thing about him is. You would, we'd go to these races, and there would be massive amounts of people coming just to see him. Yeah, yeah. And all of us on the team are going, why? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he has a huge following. He still has a huge yeah, following today. Yeah, no, it's, that's it's what's kept him in business. I but think. like I say, his styling, you know, that's yeah, he, he makes make really a nice, nice looking car. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Seems like a great guy until you get to know him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tim Allen, he br brought Tim Allen on as yeah. part of the team because Tim wanted to drive. He yeah, wanted right. to be involved in some racing, so... You know, it was a Tim Allen racing. And by Tim Allen, Celine Allen racing. For, for some who don't know home improvement, you're talking about Buzz Lightyear. Right. The original Buzz Lightyear. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, Tim, he's, uh, he's driving the car, and he just wants to have fun, right? And so we, after one of the sessions, um, we get in, the, in a debrief, you know, and I asked Steve, and uh, I think I can't remember who else. I don't know who was driving at the time, Rob Rizzo or somebody. But anyway, we're debriefing them, and then I turned to, to uh, Tim and say, Tim, how do you, how's the car, you know? And he goes, oh, it's good. I'm fun. I said, are you okay through the kink? He goes, which corner is that? Is that the sphincter corner? <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of which, we, um, we, you jumped over to like, running with sailing in the late 90s, but um, you were also involved in another celebrity program that we've never talked about mm. with much, uh, much fervor. Uh, Screaming Eagles. Yeah. You, you were, you were a I big didn't part. realize that. Yeah, yeah you oh, were part of Screaming wow. Eagles Racing. So, yeah, Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, so Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. He's, I would say in 2022 he's maybe not the household name he would have been 20 years ago, but Craig T. Nelson, TV yeah. movie star for a number of years, but during Screaming Eagles racing days, he was the star of a show called Coach. Yep. It was a sitcom that lasted for several years starring Craig D. Nelson. He was a college football coach, but at the height of this, he started his own prototype team. Yeah, two-car Riley and Scott team, right? Yeah. Well, it was a Spice. Or spice at we first. Were, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were the guy. Well, he had got, uh, got John Christie, who had worked at mm-hmm. Nissan. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow he got in touch with Craig, and, and Craig was looking to do a a program that and the guy he had it at now, the how time. much driving had he done prior he'd done some sports 2000 stuff so okay. yeah. he had some yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. it wasn't complete stuff. out of nothing right yeah. right so and he was really passionate about his racing yeah, yeah. um so he, he hired john because john had the experience to do the yeah. uh world sports cars what yeah. it was at that WC, time WC, WC class yeah. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um john had gotten a uh spice Mm-hmm. Uh, chassis mm-hmm. and a couple of the guys that worked in Nissan were f- from Spice originally mm-hmm. way back before they came, came to Nissan yeah. so those guys were working on it too and John called me up and said hey got this deal we want to cut the roof off of this Spice car turn it into a WSC yeah. car yeah. would you like to come and do the engineering work and do race engineering and everything mm-hmm. I'm like yeah great perfect yeah. Yeah. so we go there and they cut the roof off we, we do the roll cage and uh, we put a scoop we did a scoop for the engine yeah nobody else was doing that at the time they yeah. were like k&m cars we right. just had yeah, the, the sticks stacks. stacks up in the air yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh so anyway it was a cool deal the, the car you. was was decent you know we had a lexus engine in it that was new that these uh, guys from mpti also were building mm-hmm. that engine and mm-hmm. and uh, so it was the only lexus running in the series yeah um and uh yeah so he um we started doing races with with him and uh and He's all right. He's all right, you yeah. know. Uh, but we did like have the Chris Willis way of saying it. We did have yeah. we yeah. did have a have a confrontation. Well, I did have a confrontation with he's, him. He's I'll 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 say this, not you. Uh, he does have a reputation for being confrontational in other industries beyond right. racing, acting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, with a specific hatred towards writers. Uh, yeah, fun. So I imagine the people engineers kind of the yeah, same. Yeah, like the engineers sort of yeah. the writer. The people that make you look good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I can I can see a parallel in this. So uh-huh. uh, what? How are so, these? So what? So what happened was, is it's the radios. So the I'm, radios. I'm using the radios. I'm uh-huh. not in charge of the radios. I'm yeah. just using them. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> they start they start breaking up and he can't hear what I'm saying and yeah. all this comes on and so he comes in the one race I can't remember where he at he starts yelling about the radios and he's yelling at me about it I'm like, Craig. I don't. I'm just using the radios like you. You need to talk to John Christie. He's a team manager. He yeah. needs to get new batteries, new radios, something to fix his problem. Right. But don't yell at me about it. Yeah. I don't want to hear you yelling at me about it again. And uh, say, so, okay, bye, bye. There's another race came along, and uh, we were at Phoenix. I, maybe. No, no, it wasn't Phoenix yet. It was maybe uh, Portland or somewhere. Uh-huh. I can't remember exactly the race. But he, same thing happened. The radios were crap. <laughs> he comes in and yells at me. I said, Craig, I told you. 
I'm not involved. I'm not in charge of the radios. Yeah. If you yell me at me again about these radios, I'm done. I'm going to leave because I'm not going to put up with that. It's not my job. Yeah. I'm here to help you go fast. That's it. I'm not here to yeah. make the radios work. <laughs> so, okay, blah, blah, blah. Then things smoothed out. And then next race, Phoenix comes up. End of the, end of the year. And we go do a test day. And he, he's doing some decent lap times, yeah. you know. And car's pretty decent. And what happens, the radios act up again. He comes in, starts yelling at me. I said, Craig, I told you. Yeah. This is the third time. No, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to go back to my hotel. I'm changing my flight. I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm yeah, done. see ya. The car's okay. You don't really need much engineering. There's not much setup to go. You you can do good with the cars. So I don't feel bad leaving you with the car. Yeah, right. And I said, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to put up with that. So I left. <laughs> and so How do you piss off Chris Willis? <laughs> like, like. Start yeah. yelling at me too much. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like uh, you so and half of Hollywood, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. so the funny thing is I go back to the hotel, change my flight. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching TV oh, or whatever, kind of, yeah. kind of just hanging out. I get a call from John Christie, and he goes, John, you know, Craig feels bad about it. He, he wants to go out to dinner and talk about it. I said, I'll go out to dinner and talk about it, but I'm done. I'm not, I told him, it's, I'm leaving tomorrow. It doesn't matter what you say. I'm, I'm yeah, out. Yeah. So sure enough, I go to dinner, and the whole team's sitting around the table. Craig's sitting at the head, and I'm, he put me right beside him. Uh-huh. And then there's a table of probably 15 of us all around yeah, him. Yeah. And so we start talking, and it's blah, blah, blah. And then Craig comes up, and he apologizes to everybody on the team to yelling at me and mm-hmm. does all this apology and says, uh, Chris, I'd you know, like you to stay. you know." And I said, Craig, you know, I appreciate you doing that, but um, no, I've made up my mind. I'm, I'm out. You're going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he brought you the thing that you said. Yeah. He, he said, you know, in, in acting, I do the same thing. You know, I'm so passionate about my acting that yeah. I yell at people, and I don't really mean to, but I do. Yeah. And, and my acting will last forever. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to 2022. Yeah. Kids. How many of you have heard of Craig D. Nelson? But go on. So, uh, so, yeah, I said, Craig, you know, I, you're going to do it again. So, no, I'm done. You yeah, know, yeah. You, I just left it at that. And yeah. We uh, emptied, ended the meal, and I got up and walked out, and a couple of guys behind me were walking. The crew guys were, Chris, I cannot believe you just did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I, uh, I just flew home, and I watched the race and see how he did. But uh, a few years later, I'm getting on a plane going to some other race, and the first class, going through first class, and there's Craig on the other side, you yeah. know, and I'm like, oh, that's Craig. So I just kind of put yeah. my head down and walk, and I'm yeah. about to walk out towards the, you know, the cabin with the rest of the – the re- yeah, yeah, <laughs> mechanics. And I hear, <laughs> I hear Chris. I turn around. Oh, hey, Craig, how you doing? Yeah. Wave to me. Hey, good to see you. Bye bye. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Walked yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. So that's a last. So it was okay. Yeah. 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 The man who told Craig T. Nelson no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might have been. Yeah. I'm probably one yeah, of the few. You probably were because everybody else would be like, I'll just like suck it up and take it. Right. Yeah. Well, and when you see these Hollywood diva types, a lot of times it's because they're so enabled for so long. Yeah. That you just get away with yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's okay. Right. And right. so, yeah. Nope. So apparently. Chris Willis, who could give a shit about TV, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, uh, you sent us your resume the other day, and I've known you for years now. I had no idea that you worked with Tony Renna. Yeah. Yeah, in 1998, I worked for Indy Lights team. Yeah. And uh, Tony Renna and Chris Simmons uh-huh. were the were the yeah. drivers. And Chris Simmons now is working for uh, – We just did a podcast with him. Did you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's a great driver too. I'm That's what it said. Yeah, yeah, we did our research, and it's like you could have done it. He could, you know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. broke his he broke his neck when oh, we yeah. were yeah. racing, and, yeah. and that kind yeah. of set him back. Yeah. You were you were with part of that whole Matco thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And he talked about Matco quite a bit. Roy Baker, the same, yeah, same guy. guy. He yeah. was hired as the team manager. He called me up and said, "Hey, uh, you want a race engineer, Tony uh-huh. Renner?" I said, "Yeah, sure, no problem. It'd be great to get an Indy Lights." I'd done it. I'd done Indy Lights '95 with a guy named Bob Reed. Okay. 
with uh, Walker Racing mm-hmm. that I also got a job from a Rob Walker, uh, Rob Edwards, yeah. who worked with me at Nissan. Okay. He was yeah, work, yeah. he was working yeah. working at uh, at uh, Walker. Walker, yeah. yeah. So and he now he's like Mr. Andretti. Yeah. 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 And you know the sign of of like you're good at your job and people you know want to use you is right. when you're recommended all the time and it sounds like all of these gigs are like hey we work together can you come do this with yeah, me yeah i mean it's all word of mouth yeah, every right. every job yeah. i never had to advertise yeah. one time right you know, so right. it's really really fortunate so the one of the i mean we have a lot of things on the show we have a lot of bits we have a lot of staples of our show like you know the con like someone lies to get involved in the sport and then the other one that, that we come up with quite often is successful people in this sport that have to earn it generally are good people it's people calling you going yeah. hey are you available right. we liked working with you here and that's right. that's a huge compliment yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah i'm like i say i've, I've been <laughs> i've been fortunate to to have these calls come in and keep me going in racing you know i, I wondered when it might end and it still hadn't ended yet so. yeah right right so then uh so you, so you do the off-road stuff for a little while and then trans am's next um yeah and that's kind of where i think for me because i didn't know about your nissan background until later but when i was first being pitched chris willis coming to be a part of the tlx pro- program or why you would be so valuable was because the experience you'd had in the trans am series well and i, and I would argue your kind of place in the sport today is very much that because that's where you really showcase you as the guy in charge right as, is yeah. what you started doing with acs right yeah because um you know i was designing the cars um Ralph Rhodes was the manager, but I was we kind of co-managed the team together. So the ACS Express Trans Am program lasted for several years. Um, we people who like sports car racing have probably heard of Brandon Davis, but his dad Mike was really sort of the impetus behind that. Mike yeah. Davis, a Northern California guy, um, Southern California, yeah, Huntington Beach. Oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. very successful in his own right with business, and Trans Am just fit what he liked to do, and so you very much had spearheaded this this race program that he started, right. which is kind of that's his play stuff. Like this was just fun for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he he made a lot of money with uh, with his company, Applied Computer Solutions. Yeah. ACS. And uh, and he loved racing. Yeah. And I've, I've always said that's his his weak point is that he loves racing too much because he he would uh, you know it was all in. He right. Was all in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was um, he you, was a you great. S- you spent a couple Italian villas worth yeah. of options he could He's, have had. He so. was. Yeah. I mean, he. Uh, I, I think I went and asked him one time. You know. Um, What's what's our budget this year? And he says we've got a budget. <laughs> <laughs> so any anything I wanted to do, he was behind it. You know, because um, let me design a car. You know, he, uh, we did all sorts of stuff with him, and uh, I, I designed I don't know three or four different cars for him. Yeah, and these and are like w- the purple with the neon fluorescent yeah. yellow, yeah, yeah side skirts. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Boris drove them. Obviously, Brandon ended up racing them as well. Right. They're really, really distinctive color scheme. Right. And, Great paint and, job for TV. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Also fast. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and very successful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. so what's the first interaction with Boris said? What happened was uh, we were just – I was helping Mike in the beginning mm-hmm. just get uh, – because he bought some Roush cars. He yeah. bought some uh, yeah. Roush Mustangs. And so the, they were Ill- illegal. The wheelbase was wrong on them. And okay. A couple of – because the rules had changed slightly. Mm-hmm. So we had to redesign them a little bit. So uh, – he called me to – he had a meeting at his house the, the end of the year that year, mm-hmm. I think it was. And uh, Ralph was there. Um, Neil Wheatley, who was the chief mechanic, yeah. was there. And uh, Mike was there. And I, I showed up. And, and, he's, and Mike says, hey, I'm going to do a two-car team. You know, I want, I want you to um, be involved in race engineering. We're going to hire Boris said to drive the second car. And, uh, you know, I knew – I'd known of Boris because yeah. I'd watched every race sure. that was on TV. I was watching yeah. everything I could. Yeah. And I knew of him, but I, I didn't know him at all or anything. Yeah. And so uh, 
So I said, yeah, that'll be great because I know he's I know he's fast, fast so we'll yeah. be good. Yeah. And so uh, Mike gave me his phone number, and uh, so I went back home and I called him up and and just wanted to chat with him and t- you know introduce myself and, yeah. and kind of see what he liked in the car so I could kind of start thinking in that direction. And so I called him up and uh, I said, uh, hey, Boris, this is uh, Chris Willis. I'm here to help you kick Paul Genelosi's ass. <laughs> Because he, at that time, him yeah. and Paul Genelosi were right. just yeah. button heads. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of a pause. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, a, you know, yeah. we had a little conversation. I just kind of asked him, do you like stiff car? Do you like soft yeah, car? Right. And, yeah. so, and he always liked a soft car. Uh-huh. And he had good reason, you know. And I, so I, I just tailored my, yeah. my thoughts to how he wanted a car, you mm-hmm. know. And so, so yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike let me design a new Trans Am car for right. the two, 2002 season. But... Well, that 2000s era of Trans Am was a tinkerer's category. You would take something that was effectively off-the-shelf type of race car for most people, unless you're a Cadillac. Um, but you, the rule set was such that there was a lot of wiggle room for a guy like you to show up and, and develop little bits and pieces. Yeah, Trans Am like, rules. There was there's no BOP in Trans Am. Yeah, yeah right. it was, here's right. the rule book. You get yeah. this big. You get this big yeah. V8. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your body's got to be this wide. You have to have approved, do what you can. approved yeah. body work. Yeah, basically the body work was was the same for everybody. Right. But underneath, you, you could, could do, do all the sorts of cool what you stuff. wanted. Yeah. 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 So. yeah, for the small group, like you're a perfect fit for something like that because you don't want a big firm behind you. This is this is good for somebody like you who's just a tinkerer. Right. Comes up with a little concept right, that, yeah. that can do stuff. But go and, on. and Mike, Mike's such an enthusiast. I mean, I would get a call from him almost every day, every other day. Yeah. Just to sh- bullshit, you know, to yeah, talk about the design. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wants to talk racing. Yeah. He's just yeah, so. He's like, what are we getting into? Yeah, yeah. yeah what, exactly. do we, what you got going now? Yeah. I'll explain where I'm at with design, and we would just bullshit for a little bit. And, yeah. And he, you know, carry on. So, uh, so it was great. I mean, one time we were at Sears Point, and there's a. Uh, there's a NASCAR race. He was doing all three races, the Trans Am, <laughs> the, goddamn the Southwest, yeah. yeah, and the yeah. Cup race. And so our race was after a Southwest race on Saturday, and the Southwest guys had forgotten to put a water bottle in his car. Ooh. So he did the whole Southwest race. Uh, I think he finished second or something yeah, in that sure. race. It was yeah. really so those cars are so hot. And yeah, he was yeah. he that's was, a uh, lot of more said. You have to hydrate. Yeah, so, that's a big you know, yeah. yeah. And he was uh, he was uh, yeah he was done right yeah. after he got out of the car. He couldn't even pick up his helmet. Right. Because his hands were all yeah, yeah. Was all cramped and up. And so he too, went yeah. to the infield care center, and they got an IV in him. And uh, Boris had qualifying with us. Yeah, right. So uh, he was in the IV, and the NASCAR people were there, and they're like, "Oh, you're not going anywhere." And the, the, the this NASCAR guy came. No, he's okay. Let him go. He's, he's Boris. He's not human. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah. so he, he takes the IV out. He comes, and, he, and we have the car sitting on the the our, Trans Am car. Our, yeah, yeah, Trans Am yeah, ready yeah. to go. And so he comes up, and he. He gets in the car and he's got us. He's said, "Man, they didn't have a water bottle. I'm all cramped up." And I'm like, "And we were." And uh, Tommy Kendall was driving for Rocket Sports for that race. And Boris and Kendall um, drove together at one point. And I, I don't know if I think maybe you talked about that with you guys before. But there was a little, you know, they were always. It's gonna happen yeah. when you have two guys like that. So yeah, he yeah. wanted to beat Tommy. He, that was his main goal: was beat Tommy. And so uh, he gets in the car, and his hands are all kind of really can grab the wheel, but that's it. And he, said, he says, Chris, he pushes the button. I got the radio. Chris, can you start the car for me? He, he could, Jesus he Christ. Could, he couldn't even yeah, push yeah. the start. And he's got a cup race the next <laughs> yeah. day, right? Like the big show's not even started. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so anyway, um, I yeah, start the car, and I said, Boris, man, just just go out there and put a lap in. Don't, fuck, don't do something stupid and hurt yourself. Just go out. And he goes, I'm going to get pole. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you start the car for me? <laughs> By the way, I'm getting pulled. Yeah. So, uh, so I said, I cool. can shift with my mind. Or <laughs> said. So he goes out, sure enough, puts it on pole. No beats, way. Beats Kendall, puts it on pole. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's yeah, just awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And so the next day comes around, and our race, I think we were, were we after or before the cup? I can't remember which yeah. way it was, yeah. but what do we do? We put the water bottle in his car, and it fell over and no. leaked out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he had no water the yeah. whole race. Ugh. An hour in the Trans Am yeah, car yeah. with no yeah. no drink again. So <laughs> I felt so bad after. Yeah. I'm like, man. Well, at least Sonoma's not like you know, a lot of twists and turns and yeah. hard on the body. And yeah, hot yeah. that time yeah. of year. Yeah. Yeah. So, here yeah. I am, bad mouth in yeah, the Southwest team. Yeah, guys don't what know what the they're doing. guys don't know yeah, what they're come doing. come on now. And we do the Sorry, same thing. When did he give you a car? Okay, so, yeah, at the end of the 2002 season, yeah, um, Jaguar was sponsoring the series. That's right, yeah. And at the end of the year, they're going to give away a Jaguar, a two, 2003 XKR Jaguar. Yeah. yeah. 390 horsepower, just badass car. Yeah. Right? Um, so at the end of the year, they were giving out everybody keys. So you got a key if you got a pole. Uh-huh. You got a key if you drove a Jaguar. Yeah. So... There was we only got one pole that year, but we won eight out of twelve races yeah. because what we would do is go out and qualify, and we'd set a lap, we'd save our tires. We I'd tell him, you know, go as fast as you can. If you can't go, think you go as faster, yeah. park it. Yeah, and we'd normally be on pole when he would park it. Yeah, and we would sit there for somebody five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, later, right, right at the end, somebody would get us. Yeah, you know, right, right. But they're putting ten more minutes of tires on there. Right, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So we would start second or third or whatever, and we would just yeah take care of it. You yeah, know? yeah, and. Uh, so anyway, um, at the end of the, or actually before the race, the last race, they had a whole thing where all the drivers got around and they handed out all these keys. Yeah. Well, actually, the day before, me and Boris were sitting at the picnic benches over by the, the snack shop there, and we're we're having lunch, and he says, "Chris, you know, uh, they're they're giving away this key. I'm I'm going to give my key to you, um, for all the work, you know, all the work you did." And I'm like, "Man, Boris, I, I just I was blown away." I'm like. That's awesome. I don't care if I win the car or not. I just, yeah, just, I, a, I just appreciate that gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so the next day we do the thing, and they give him one key. And so he's walking around with the key. Hey, I got the winning keys. Anybody want to trade? And uh, Butch Leisinger had like four keys. And he goes, <laughs> you want to trade? And Butch goes, no, I'm keeping all yeah, my. Yeah, right, right. And so uh, they started calling out names, and whoever's key fit the door to open it was going to get the car. And so all these people were, all these guys were going in, and then they called Boris's name, and he goes, I'm giving my key to my crew chief, Chris Willis. And so I come walking up, shake his hand, take the key. Door opens right up. I just was blown away. I'm like, holy cow. Did Boris maybe regret it after that? No, because when he told me that he didn't want, that he was going to give me the car, his next statement was, I'll look like a driving a Jaguar. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's a real Boris story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so did Boris not tell you about the toilet paper roll design I did for the upright. Boop, boop. I was waiting for that. <laughs> so I heard there's a toilet paper roll design yeah. Yeah, story. Yeah, what's that toilet paper story? So, that um, I f- came up all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were going to a test with uh, in Trans Am. Uh-huh. And uh, I was, I was, with a Trans Am car, the front uprights are really critical because the brakes are small. Yeah. They overheat all the time. You have to shoot water in the brake ducts to keep them cool for a race. You pitch them after the race. Yeah. So I wanted to design a new upright that would have more airflow to the brakes, sealed off really well, make a better camber adjustment, and mm-hmm. also have an Ackerman adjustment to it. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. So just so a few, few, just a, just a few a things. Just a whole so, yeah. new brakes. So, yeah. 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 Army knife. So yeah. I, showed, I showed up at the test, and I uh, brought, brought this with me just to show you guys. Oh, he probably had props. I made a model. <laughs> I made a model of it. 
I made this back in 1990, uh, or no, 2002. Yeah. I made yeah. this. And so I wanted to show Mike what I came up with, because yeah. this thing's going to be expensive. <laughs> so I said, Mike, what I want to f- make this upright. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Boris looks at it. What, what is that, a toilet paper roll you got in the yeah. center? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, it was yeah. a perfect scale. For, uh, this is like a three-quarter scale. Yeah. Or a half scale. Yeah. And so it was a perfect scale for my bearing housing. Yeah. So I started with the toilet paper uh-huh. roll, and then I, uh-huh. I fabric, you know, I cut all this stuff out of cardboard and yeah. glued it all together. That's pretty and impressive. Sh- and showed Mike, and, and, and Mike's like, yeah, let's make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, so we did, and uh, I um, we put it on the car when after I did it, and yeah. we uh, – we set it up just like we had a Roush uprights at the beginning, and we had this one. And I had the uh, the Ackerman set up just like the Roush, and, yeah. and we did a back-to-back to t- test. Did this with this this upright with the same Ackerman, and it was okay, good, as good as the Roush, mm-hmm. maybe slightly better. But then I changed the Ackerman to what I thought the Ackerman should be, yeah. and Boris like, oh, it just came alive. Yeah, the thing yeah, just yeah. turned so great now, yeah. and so... Um, we made like I think around Button Willis about another second a lap. Jesus Christ! Oh wow! Yeah. Just with your toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was their shit. So yeah. you literally took toilet paper and cardboard to mock up to mock up an upright. Yeah. 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 So I could show Mike how complicated it was be and yeah. help the fabricator was going to make yeah, have it. An idea. So I showed right. it. This yeah. is what it's going to be because he had a he had a, all these pieces yeah, yeah, cut separate, out that he had right. to figure out how to yeah. and they're all numbered. You look at yeah, it, yeah, What's yeah. funny is I can see how a guy like Mike Davis would love you. Yeah, and right. Most people look at you and go, "That guy's insane." What is this guy doing? Yeah, yeah. what is this nonsense? Yeah. That's so, awesome. So, th- that's so really impressive. So one of the things that happened was I I got the Zimmerman Cup at yeah, for yeah. World Challenge um, that award. And I didn't know I didn't know yeah, I was going to win it. Uh, the Crucif- year award, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, Boris obviously had talked to him and said mm-hmm. I had designed a, a part out of paper towel. Yeah, a pa- paper uh, toilet paper roll. So when they're introducing me that I win this award, they say, and he designs, he designed a part out of a toilet paper roll. <laughs> so the first thing I got up there and I said, yeah, I admit I designed a, a piece out of toilet paper. That's the only way I could make Boris win. <laughs> That's what everybody I had to do. Got, yeah. Everybody yeah. Got, got a right. Like, I'll get you back, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Boris going to jail. Y'all heard about that story. He didn't tell you about that story. I don't think so. I don't Mossport. remember jail. got thrown in jail in Mossport. Maybe there for Boris? Maybe no, man, there's a whole, this is a, yeah. this is a great week for Mossport jail stories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now he's after him. Yeah. So we go there. We go to we go there for a Trans Am weekend. It's mm-hmm. Victoria Day weekend. So yeah. everything shuts down on the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. So some guy a few, few years ago a few years back Boris had driven for him in some other race and the deal was Boris would get the prize money and yeah. this guy would get um, you know Boris would pay for any crash damage or whatever okay well Boris crashed but he still got prize money out of it so, <laughs> some deal like that happened well Boris said you know they they wanted him Boris to pay for the crash he said uh-huh. you you didn't give me any money for the yeah for the, for the you know finishing so I'm not going to pay nothing so yeah. the guy was giving him papers one one year he went there and he you know, to court papers, and uh. Boris tore right up in front of his face and threw it in the trash. And so we show up a couple of years later, and this guy had planned it. Uh. And so we get there, and we're, we're practicing with Trans Am car. We do Friday practice. Yeah. Or no, we did Thursday, qual- test day. Friday morning, we show up, and yeah. there's a cop at our tent. Yeah. Early in the morning. And so we cr- we show up as a crew. We're zipping up the tent. Yeah. get comes out, gets out of the car, and says, Boris said here. I said, no, not yet, but he'll be coming soon. And so, uh, sure, sure enough, a couple of, about an hour later, Boris comes walking up. Yeah. That's a hard guy to hide. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cop says, uh, hey, Boris, I'm, I'm going to talk to you for a minute. Will you step in the back of the car? <laughs> Ooh. And Boris said, okay. Yeah. And he gets in, shuts the door, locks him in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Takes him to jail yeah. for cutting, tearing this thing up. And so there was no nothing open, no judges. Yeah, right. They yeah. were all on vacation. Yeah, so you're stuck. So he went, to jail, he went to the local jail, and then they took him to Whitman 
uh, maximum penitentiary. Jesus so we, Christ. Yeah, so we spent a night <laughs> there. And meanwhile, Mike Davis is just flipping out. We're all yeah. flipping out. We're going, yeah. what the f***? You yeah. know, and uh, Mike was working hard trying to find a judge to get, yeah. to get, yeah. get this thing sorted out. Finally, they found one yeah. that would come back and hear the case. And uh, we went through qualifying and everything. Boris had, didn't, wasn't involved in any of it, right? So yeah. he, uh, they got him out. They got a judge that listened to the case Sunday morning. And uh, the judge listened to everybody and said, Boris, you've just been screwed. You're free to go. Go, on, go ahead and go right wow. now. And so they let him go. Boris gets to the track. It was like an hour before. And um, he's mad as hell, so he's probably going to be you know an what? amazing It was funny. Shape, yeah. he wasn't. I, I asked him, how are you feeling? He goes, I said, how are you feeling? He goes, free. <laughs> yeah. That was his answer. Yeah. I feel free. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so um, Carrie Dunn, who was the uh, – she was – Help there helping us out. She got Boris some pasta and stuff to uh-huh. eat. And, and so he gets in the – we still had a race. He yeah, could right. start the race from the back. So we started a race in the back. There were people with signs on the free thing, Boris. free Boris. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he ended up uh, – man, we were doing so good in the race. We, we probably could have podiumed from yeah. the back. Yeah. And uh, we ended up having a flat tire with like eight laps uh, to go yeah, or something yeah. at the pit. Yeah. Put a new tire in. But he drove the wheels off that yeah. car. Yeah. And uh, so that was a really interesting. He had some interesting stories about being inside there. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah maximum good. security, yeah. Canadian jail. Good thing Judge Ron Fellows is local. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can't talk about uh, your Trans Am career without talking about Erica Davis's husband, who will only be referred to moving forward as Erica Davis's husband <laughs> because she is the highlight of yeah, the entire. Yeah, if I have to visualize one yeah. of the two, I'm thinking yeah, about Yeah, it's Erica, Erica Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, all day. She's yeah. not only a beautiful person, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. And then she's Brandon awesome. Davis got to marry her. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So. She's actually, and, and now I've never worked yeah. uh, on any Erica Davis teams, but I've just happened to be in the same vicinity. Yeah. And she's incredibly good at her job. She's, she does a lot of hospitality I, stuff. I, we were trying to put a real-time thing together last yeah. year, and one of the stipulations I had for the deal was, she's like, gotta be Erica Davis has to yeah. Be on the team, yeah. Like, I, no question. Like I yeah. went, to, I think to visit you. I think you guys were both on the same team. I went to go visit the real time trailer once. Yeah. She wouldn't let me leave without a sandwich. Dude, you're getting ah. a sandwich. You get yeah. like a turkey yeah, roll up. Yeah, like a and panini. Like, like, yeah. like little bags. Like she'd make these little like go bags, like water, soda. Every, like here you go for them. Like you're the greatest person I've ever met yeah. in my life. Team Erica all yeah. the time. But yeah. anyway, so, so Erica so Davis you is the great, you great got to work person. With yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what was it like seeing Brandon? Because when you started working there with Boris and his dad, he was probably what like he was sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, teenager, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then him coming in, getting a drive, and then helping him develop into a champion. You know, over over, the, over those years, was that pretty neat to see him? Because I mean, oh, he's yeah. just such a sweet guy himself. Yeah. I love Brandon; he's great. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he turned in as good a driver as Boris, in yeah. my opinion, because yeah. they went head to head in the yeah. same car, yeah. and Boris and Brandon was right there with him, beat him sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, Boris on the back end of his career, but sure. still. Um, but no, I remember the first time we went to a test at uh, at Button Willow, and. Uh, Brandon got in the Trans Am car for the first time mm-hmm. and did some laps. And I looked at his data, and I, I was like, holy <laughs> He's like, it's like Boris Traces. It's on the gas, off, brake. You know, there was no, I'm a little concerned with this corner. It was either on or off. And, and I, I went to Mike, and I said, Mike, look at his data. Brandon, is, he's going to be he's gonna be something because I can tell. He's not scared of this car. First time he's ever been in it, and he's, he's going throttle everywhere he can, you know, full throttle. So I was impressed straight away the first time. And then the whole thing with Trans Am and Genelosi, there's some <laughs> bullshit. He basically ran us out of the series. And so we he's started good, going. He's good at that. Yeah, yeah. We started going World Challenge. And uh, and then Brandon, we, Mike says, hey, I want to do a Mustang. 
2006 Mustang. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all in, you know. So we designed a new car, and uh, Mike drove it the first year, and we had problems with it. There was some drive shaft vibration problems, some little niggly problems we had to deal with. We finally got all that sorted out. And then in 2009, Brandon, uh, I think 2008 and 9, Brandon ran, that, ran the series. Um, we had some failures in 2008 that put us out of the championship run, but he, Brandon was, was, he was doing good, and uh, I believe this is how it happened. And, but anyway, 2009 was when we, 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 uh, we put it all together. The car never had a problem. We finished every lap of every race That's that year. That's cool, yeah. And and those cars are pushed to the limit pretty hard for a street-based car. And we ended up winning. The, I think we won only one race, but we won the championship. And, uh, and I, you know, Brandon totally deserved that. He, he kept the car clean the whole time, you know. And, we, and the mechanics and everything that worked on the car, they, they deserved it too because we ran every lap of every race. How often do you do that in a season? And it was super rewarding, just like the Trans Am series yeah. was for me to take yeah. a car that I designed, our crew built, mm-hmm. and we just smoked everybody yeah. and, and won 8 out of 12 in 2002 with the Trans Am well, against Riley Scott chassis and Pratt Millage yeah, right and yeah. Rocket Sports chassis. Yeah. Right. So you had all the big big-name chassis there. Cool thing about Mike Davis is every time we had a team meeting at the beginning of a year, he would have a whiteboard and he would list the objectives for the year. Mm-hmm. Always number one, have fun. Oh, that's cool. cool. Number two, it's fun for him. Number yeah. two, yeah. win championships. Yeah, right. yeah. So, but Mike Davis yeah. isn't doing this because it's a business move. This yeah, is no, fun no, for this him. Is like right. I want to enjoy right. race cars. And yeah, so, yeah. like, if he's calling you every day. It's also your job to keep him excited oh, yeah, as yeah. the guy running the deal. Yeah, which wasn't um, very hard to do. No, right, right, right. <laughs> he but was if, into like, it. But if, I mean, if you were a drag, he'd probably replace you. But even, but even that process would drag him down. It wouldn't be fun anymore. Yeah, right. the people around him were like, ah, yeah. oh, I gotta Just fire to him. Race cars. Yeah. yeah. So your job is also to be excited for him, to keep him excited, and to remind him this is yeah. goddamn cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is just fun for him. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so that Mercedes thing happens, and we'll just skip past yeah, it because that it was good. Yeah, horrible. Again, uh, you got to meet him. Yeah, we, you and I became friends, so fine. Also, I proved that I can make a car faster than you. Yeah, I just want to be very clear that. that I made a car faster than I'm you. I'll call you on the Mazda Miata, see if you can help see me out. See if I can help one. you out. Yeah, just give me a GoPro. I'll get <laughs> send me some video. <laughs> send me some video. I'll fix you right up. Uh, and then what happens in between that and the real time project? Um, I did a, I did a DPI or a what? Daytona prototype. <laughs> Made an Orca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. what, uh, Daytona prototype with uh, Sonny Whelan. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. I remember Eric, that. You Eric Kern and, and yeah. Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. did a season with them. Mm-hmm. Marsh Racing was a team running it. Yeah, and was that something that Boris had brought you in on yeah. to be a part of? So, yeah. again, having a good reputation and being someone that people want to work with to get brought in on projects. Right. Yeah. right. And I knew, yeah. I'd known uh, Eric Kern, too. Yeah. So I was little friends with him. So yeah. he, he knew what I could do, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure Boris talked me up. You yeah, know, so. yeah. So you do that for a year, and then the TLX project. Yeah, Were you TLX. on it the first season before, like right. when they just did the one the one event kind of thing? Yeah. What happened was I was at the last race of the year at Laguna Seca, yeah. and we were just finishing up the, a race. and uh, For IMSA. For IMSA. Or for whatever, for IMSA, the DPI. It was IMSA, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Daytona prototype da- at Daytona, the time. Yeah, DP, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, what, what was it? It was still Grand Am, I think, right? Yeah. It was it Grand Am? Yeah. Uh, it was, either way, it would have been like the two, Frank, yeah. Daytona prototype. Yeah. 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 So... Um, so I remember at the, I'm, at, I'm walking around the paddock after a race, and my phone rings, and it's Nathan Beno calling me. So I answered, and I said, he says, hey, Chris, uh, we've got a program where we're going to design a car. Would you like to be involved in it? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that was it. And, that's, and so I made a 
I think a couple of weeks later, it was the end of the year, so I think I flew up there in, uh, in November or something and checked it out and saw what they got going on and, and started working on it, yeah. And originally I was going to do the chassis and the suspension because HPD didn't have time to work on it. And so I get there, I'm like, cool, and I'm telling them, all right, we need to get rid of wheel tubs and all this. we got to get the wheel up. And they're going, really? Why do we do that? Why? Why? Yeah, you got to do it, man. we got to get this thing low and, and start taking as much of the unibody out. And I remember having to argue with Nathan about how much of the unibody to take out. I'm like, I'm like when we did the Mustang, we had all that yeah. taken yeah. out. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to to get the weight down, you know. I mean, the worst, the worst day of that whole program was we, uh, we finished the car and uh, we took it to uh, – Honda's uh, test center yeah, like in HPCC Ohio. Or, yeah. Oh, Marysville. Yeah. yeah. Took it there, and we uh, we had this little track they let us run uh-huh. on. And so it was the first time the car turned a wheel. Yeah. And so we're all out there and watching it. I forgot about it. It goes around, <laughs> and all of a sudden it comes around towards us, and we see some fire come out of the yeah. passenger side. The little gap between the door and the, the yeah. rocker sill, fire came out. We're like, holy <laughs> And so we're like, uh, you might be on fire, you know, stop. And so that, the thing just got engulfed. Yeah. And the whole cockpit was just on I fire. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Peter was in the car. Peter Cunningham was driving the car at the time. And he, uh, he got out, and they reached back in and pulled the fire extinguisher to, get, to try to get the fire out. And eventually it went out. But I think he ended up burning his hand, reaching into. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, it was, it, the fire, Bad, the flames yeah. were going 10 feet above the roof right. of the car while Peter right. was still in the car. Right. I mean, he got out in a hurry. But, um, oh, it was so devastating to all of us because right. we'd worked, I don't know how many all-nighters to get there. And, and it was like, oh, yeah, finally we can run the car. And, and then it burns the ground right in front of all our eyes. And so we were able to rebuild the car. And, uh, yeah, we go to the first race at Sears Point and uh, off the line. Start, standing qualifying. start, qualifying. This is when they had GT3 and yeah, GT4 and GT4 together. Yeah. Right. And so on the start, he gets rear-ended he by. He stalled uh, it on the start. Yeah. Because yeah. four-wheel drive, it's, you know, it's hard to get yeah. four wheels going. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, we didn't have anti-stall. You know, HP yeah. didn't have all that sorted out in this car yet. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, he got rear-ended. And so, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. took and take the car back and rebuild it again. Yeah. Uh, I remember the, the biggest. I, I tell people this all the time about like uh, when I watch like a sports car race or sorry an F1 race and they talk about like a, a, an A car and a B car and like parts and what they do and I was like even in our program you're you're making one off pieces of things to see if it's going to work before you build two and you built a splitter for our car oh yeah the TLX so we took it to Salt Lake City yeah. for the first race and again you designed this at home you know you don't have a wind tunnel in your backyard right you're just like thinking through all the things that could this happen is stuff I learned at Nissan with yeah. Yoshi Suzuka who yeah. was there at an Exactly, and we put that splitter on, and it immediately second worked. A lap, it was a I think. second a lap. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy! Shit, this is like Chris did this in his in his house. Right. You know what I mean? He just made this piece that's now put us like in the top ten. Right? No GT3. CFD, no right. wind tunnel, yeah, no. Yeah. Up, just, you got no yeah. Chris fluid dynamics. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but I was a believer after like the fourth race of the year when we were making these these changes. I'll tell you what, that that St. Pete weekend, yeah, was one of the best weekends of my yeah. career. The, the, the second race won. we ever did, yeah, when you yeah. won because yeah. I mean I had tears in my eyes because we just watched seeing the car burn to the ground. Yeah, we yeah. rebuilt it. We gotten rear ended. We rebuilt it. Yeah, and we came back. Now we're up against. The GT3 cars coming from Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this, that was the first yeah, major GT3 stacked, race. Stacked field. And they yeah. they gave us boost that it's like the Cadillac hat. Yeah, so, so we, the same we, as the other car like ours. We could run yeah. with them, and yeah. you, you put it on pole, Yeah, and then you, you held them off for Yeah, the and race. I'd never been there before, so that first session was like, what's happening? You right. know, just like trying to figure it out, and it qualified in the rain, Yeah, you, you know, and the biggest thing that helped us out there was Frankie Montecalvo, because we were like second in practice. Because right. there's yellows or something, so yeah. we just happened One to be second. Laps, yeah. yeah, and uh, Frankie Montecalvo and Mercedes was P1, and we were P2. And on the green flag, because you, you you went out in qualifying by 
the, 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 right. the grid from practice times, and he spun in the first turn. So my first, like, three laps, I had zero missed. So, like, not only was it, you know, in a four-wheel drive car, but I had no visibility issues whatsoever. I was like, oh, this is great. Right. And then once we caught up to everybody, it was like, oh, even if I wanted to, I couldn't, couldn't go quickly. I just can't see well right. enough, you know. But, yeah, it was like the perfect storm. And then it's a standing start with an all-wheel drive car. And then we had two big yellows that cut the time down. Right. And I think this really – I think this did make a difference that Dial was P2 and the effort Porsche, but he was driving an HPD – powered prototype in IMSA at the time. So he's not going to go smashing through me. Yeah, exactly. Right. He likes his engine program. So, yeah, that was a perfect storm of, of good things for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Here, let me back up a second. I want to make another comment. You know, you're talking about our relationship. Yeah. I've always thought that me um, driving early on in my career gave me that insight to what you, what you guys are on, you know, because you know, a lot of engineers, they come out of school, they, they've never been in a car, the heat of the moment in a race and know what you're going through. And so I, I've always looked at it from, from the driver's lens, right? I didn't know whether it's Boris or Brandon, you, whoever it was, that, you know, whatever you tell me, I know that's what's going on because you're not going to lie to me. You're, you're trying to win. So not only do I believe what you're telling me, if something's going on, I believe you, but if we can look at the data and find it, great. That helps us even more. But if you look at the data and it's not there, I'm not going to tell you, oh, I can't see it. So you're fooling. Yeah, I'm never going to do that because I know. If I'm driving a car and, and I want to go as fast as I can, I'm not going to lie to anybody about what I'm feeling behind the wheel, you know. So I think that was a big benefit for me. And in 2018, we get a TCR car. We go win a driver's championship. That was super cool. Um, I think most of that was just, like, remote engineering for you. Yeah. That yeah. Was a, I had gotten tired of traveling. Yeah. Because the 2017 season, we were racing testing. and testing. Yeah. And I think yeah. I, I had 100 and I mean, I think I had uh, no, it's like 50,000 miles on the airplane that yeah, year. Yeah. I'd hate flying anyway. Yeah. And that was like, this is a I lot. think I'm done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I told Nathan at the end of the year in 2017, hey, I'm, this is it. I'm done. This is my last race. Find another engineer. I, you know, I'll help you find one if you want or whatever. So uh, TCR thing comes around and Coda comes up and two weeks before the race, they go, Chris, uh, we try to get an engineer, but we can't do it. So do you mind coming to this race and just helping us this first race? And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll come to this first one. And, I mean, I don't even know the car, but I'll, I'll learn it and we'll do something. You know? yeah, so, yeah. so I go to the first race, and we did pretty well. Yeah, like podiums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, the BOP was like, like, because I remember the Hondas like drove away, right, like, disappeared. Right, yeah, exactly. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. This is the next power. four years of my life. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but we still got some good, good yeah. places to go. And then the rest of the year, we did remote. So, yeah, know? what happened was then VIR comes around. And so um, I told Nathan, but when I left code, I said, yes, yeah, so, you know, you're going to have an engineer for the next guy. He said, yeah, we'll get one. So I leave there. And then two weeks before VIR, phone call from Nathan. Oh, uh, our engineer fell out. Okay, we don't have one. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I, I just, I told you, yeah. I don't want to travel like this. You're going yeah. to pull me yeah. in for the yeah, whole right. year. I'm not falling for this. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We want you to see if you can do it from home. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Nathan through i think nascar had figured this out yeah yeah they had a deal where they could plug a phone into the pit cart yeah and call me at home yeah and so i could talk to everybody on the pit cart that had a headset on like live yeah, yeah yeah i couldn't talk to the driver but i could listen to the driver yeah and then when the driver came in they'd plug Plugged an in. intercom in yeah. i could talk directly to the driver yeah. from my home in my pajamas or whatever yeah. i was in at the time yeah and we would i'd make you know ask you how the car yeah. was and we would make yeah. a call and there, it's, there's no strategy involved. There's no live, like, we need this instantly thing. 
So you don't have to be there if we're on top of our game and real time's on top of their game. Right. Well, that was the thing. So right, the other part of it was I was on uh, Team Viewer with uh, Rob May, had the uh, data going. So I was able to see the car data, full data, while the car was going around. I could see predictive lap times. I could see if you're getting faster, slower, what the tire pressures, what everything, you know. So it's just like being at the track. I just couldn't smell. I couldn't <laughs> right, you know, yeah. touch things. Yeah. And, and like you say, with a good team like Real Time, with uh, Mike Busalaki in particular, he could he had, he had my back on the mechanical part of the car. So if there was a problem, he could take care of it. So I didn't need to be there to take care of it. I was just there. To and the commute time from your bed to your computer <laughs> was a little better than yeah, to exactly. yeah. San Diego Airport. To, yeah, because yeah, flying out yeah. of San Diego, that's the other thing. Flying out of San Diego, yeah. it's six thirty flight every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, and yeah. It's just, no, it's, yeah, it's, I'm out. Yeah. The LAX deal is a drag yeah. for me, and I imagine it's worse here because there's yeah. fewer flights yeah. for you. Yeah. And so. 80% of our races are on the East Coast, so right. it's always a long. Yeah. I felt like I was doing as good a job as if I was there. Yeah, so that was pretty much up to – and now, like, Real Time's putting a program together. Are you a part of that? With uh, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm advising. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. Then what are you doing otherwise? I started working for this company in L.A. that – is doing Porsche parts. So I'm drawing poor aftermarket Porsche parts for his, and, and uh, he calls me up one day and says, hey, I got this uh, microwave, industrial microwave company. It's my real company. Would you want to do any work for them? And I said, sure, you know, you pay, I'll, I'll work. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they sent me a couple of these weird parts to, to do with microwave parts that I just, I don't know how this microwave flows through them, but it's really crazy stuff. So I drew it all up and sent it to them. And, and ever since then, they've been giving me work. And so I've been now you're a microwave designer. I've been designing these huge micro, seven foot tall stainless steel microwaves that are industrial microwaves in these meat packing plants. That, uh, oh, that sounds. <laughs> that doesn't sound that correct like at all. Mega leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you're, kind of. It's, you're it's, contributing it's, to a problem we don't know about yeah, yet. That's yeah, what you're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's. Uh, but I'm it's, glad you're making money. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's a whole different way of designing stuff because you have to worry about food cleanliness when you design parts. Instead of uh, instead of functionality, more you have to look at yeah. you know, how to get sure a six germs. foot turkey leg to make yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. So safety's never been a concern of yours. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I just heard. Yeah. yeah. Safety. No care. Yeah, always a concern, actually. Um, one of the I'd say your your most prolific uh, creations to date would obviously be the Greg Herring coat hanger. <laughs> I thought you might ask me about that. <laughs> explain. <laughs> Please explain. All right. So. Uh, Craig Herring is a so, yeah, uh, Greg, team member at Real Time for yeah, a long time. Yeah, he's a truck driver, and he was, uh, he's, he was talking about getting a van to go camping like with. Like a sprinter van. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he was talking about all the things he wanted inside the van, and he needed a coat hanger. Uh-huh. And uh, we were running a coat hanger. A coat hanger. A place to put his coat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we were, we were at... Uh, we were at Coda, I think. Yeah. And um, so I always brought my SolidWorks program with me when we run the TLX because I never knew when I needed to access. <laughs> you might have to cut something, something off. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know any other team engineer <laughs> in the current era of homologated GT3 who's like, well, just in case, yeah, just I have to design a new art yeah. machine yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, we're on the we're in the van driving back to the hotel, and and you know how mechanics are that some of the some of the conversation can get kind of raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that. It's all a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And so, uh, and so they're they're in there talking about this coat hanger, and uh, and there's some there's some in you know some uh, people talking about maybe sexual type things. Uh-huh. Could, We've could had Billy T. Ribs tell some horrible stories on this. There's nothing you can't say. Okay. All right, cool. So uh, so anyway, they say, oh, let's make you know uh, who was it? Uh, the, uh, anyway, 
Who was uh, our crew chief? Johnny Reed. Johnny Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Reed says, hey, I bet Chris can draw something up for you. Yeah. And so I said, uh, let me think about it. And uh, I got my computer. Let me see what I can do. So I get back to the hotel. Yeah. And I go to open SolidWorks. And I draw, I draw a shaft with a bulb at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a, with a slotted I, keyhole. I think that the actual written the on the schematics says rounded head to minimize putting someone's eye out. <laughs> that's, that's what it says right on the blueprint. Right. Of a coat hanger. Of a coat hanger. Yeah. yeah. Go on. So yeah, I'm, with there a slotted keyhole, there was a sack to hold uh-huh. your, your, your valuables yeah. in. Yeah, uh-huh. sack for personal items is what's uh-huh. written here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, uh, and then it, I think it was retractable and erectable. Yep, yep. Imagine that. Right. Note yeah. There for erectable or no. Depending so anyway, on it was basically it. a it was basically a penis looking thing. It basically was a dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I drew the whole thing and I drew. Yeah. What else does it say on there? I can't even remember uh, everything. It said. <laughs> Part number item number one, part number shaft. Uh, part number two is base, and then part number three is sack. Yeah, <laughs> the sack yeah. where you Off put your keys. Works. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, you, you said it's scaled one to two, <laughs> which is good. You got That's yeah. got to be on there. And then uh, dimensions are in inches, tolerances are fractional. Uh, yeah, the rest of it is all clearly Tensile from the strength. Yeah, so, exactly. so the thing about it, yeah, I did that whole drawing that night. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing to myself doing the whole thing. I'm like, these, are, these guys are going to have a – Because you went and taught yourself solid work so you could make – because you never thought dick and balls. <laughs> so yeah, phallic right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phallic hanger. Yeah, phallic hanger. And this is yeah. something that can – you could just also just buy a coat hanger. Right, like yeah, yeah. or just like a, like a shower yeah, rack, yeah. you know, yeah. something these, like that. These aren't so, hard things yeah, to find. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. I was a little reluctant to show that to anybody because I was worried about HPD. <laughs> oh, do you know how many people listen to this? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's gone now. I don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, you know, what's what's Lee, what's the HPD going to people think about this? I don't yeah. want that. So I, when I went to show, I went and showed Johnny and those yeah. guys. I'm yeah. like, let's keep it down low because yeah. I, I don't want HPD to find out. I'm going to be fired if right. they, they see what yeah. I did here. Yeah. And uh, it's next thing you know, Lee knows about it. I'm yeah, right. <laughs> but luckily, he's laughing. Oh, yeah, he's that's like, I want to see. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, I'm swiping my brow. Okay, yeah. I still got a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah everybody just got a huge. So we do a uh, pass along question. Last night we had dinner with uh, Townsend Bell, indie car driver, sports car driver, TV guy, and he worked with you briefly yeah. on the Ford GT. Yeah, with ACS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ACS uh, Ford. Uh, his question for you would be the best race car cheat you've ever seen. Doesn't mean you have to have been a part of it, so you're not indicting yourself. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about what other people did, but I'll tell you this. In the World Challenge, mm-hmm. I thought we did a clever thing there. We had uh, Joe Heffaker was doing the engines for us. What year is this? This was in, eight, this was in uh, 2009, I think. Okay. Um, so we had an intake manifold. We had, two, we had three intake manifolds that he built for the World Challenge engines. Yeah. And one of them was like 10 horsepower better than the other two. Mm-hmm. And it, you couldn't really tell why it was different yeah right it was no obvious thing yeah and so we kept running the older uh-huh the older ones until we needed that 10 more yeah, horsepower right. after they restricted us or did yeah, whatever yeah so um so yeah i mean i one of the few times i've ever like kind of went around the spirit of the sure, rules sure. to 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 uh, battle the bop stuff uh-huh. but um but yeah we ended up using that later on in the year yeah. after they knocked us back and we were still able to right run up front right so. yeah so if you have a if you're ba- so uh, not saying you would do this but it's maybe a common thing that if you have a little cheater trick you wait till the bop works against you to find that back right. save it for later yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we're yeah. always looking when when you started running world challenge that's what you had to do yeah right you know yeah. you had to figure out ways to to battle back against those guys cause yeah they could just destroy your season. Yeah, for no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Now, at this point in recording, we don't know who our next guest is going to be, but just a generic question for our next guest. 
Um, they're not always drivers. They're not always engineers. They're just people in, in the sport that we some, find interesting. Yeah, in yeah. some way, shape, or form. What was your first car? Sure. That's a fair one. What was your first car? Mine that I that I bought myself was an RX-7. That you bought yourself. Your, was your first car a Jaguar? Uh, <laughs> no, no. My parents bought me a uh, like a, a B210 for uh, mm-hmm. school. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to drive that around at state for a couple of years until I moved out to California. And then the majority of people we have on our show are drivers or known team owners, stuff like that. Uh, we like bringing guys like you on. Uh, when we get a chance, you know, I think of somebody like you or Joe Vardy, who we had on a few years ago, um, because it's more of a sort of philosophical question, but is there a place for guys like you as the series, as racing continues to move forward? Because you can't take a GT3 car today and truly do the, the Chris Willis stuff that you like. Would you, would you succeed in the current GT3 environment? Um, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a designer as well as a race engineer. And that's what I'm saying. Some yeah. people have trouble with a pre-built box. It, like, some guys can make the best out of that box. Some guys need the parts to make their own box instead. Right. And right. you seem more of a, like, I want to build my own box kind of guy. I've always had a lot more success when I design a car and race engineer to myself. Yeah. And then taking somebody else's car or a spec car and... and it's... And, uh, this is a very terrible analogy because I make it about me, but I'm much better when I come up with my own video concepts than somebody else's. Right. So it's, yeah, I got you. Right. But yeah, I mean, for a designer like me, uh, I think the days, are, the, the days are numbered. You know, I mean, it's off-road racing or, you know, amateur SCCA. That's really the only places left now to, to design and build your own car. It's kind of a shame. I mean, Trans Am cars are still there, you know, but and they're, they're badass cars. And they're, the thing I don't get about the GT3 thing is, you know, they're supposed, supposed to be brought in to lower the cost, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was designing cars with, for ACS that were cheaper than these cars were getting turnkey from the manufacturer. Now, and it's, and it's because simply that it's, it's a monopoly on the car itself, yeah. right? Like you, your, your price is dictated. You can't make your own price by manufacturing something. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, you got to buy all their, you know, $20,000 noses, you know, that you go through every other race, you know. It's crazy. I don't know how these guys are spending this kind of money in racing these days. Yeah. Would you say that a World Challenge season 20 years ago where you were basically making your own car versus if you imported the same GT3 equivalent, which is cheaper, do you think? I kind of think we were cheaper back then. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't think Mike was spending more than a million or so a year. Right. On the, building the car and, and, yeah, right. and running it, yeah. So it's more that maybe the customer teams were bitching too much that you guys had this advantage that you really didn't. Where do you see the sport going if it doesn't interest young engineers, if it doesn't pull imagination? I mean, it's getting to the point, isn't it, with the mm-hmm. cost. Yeah. It, it, that's the biggest thing, I think, is it's just costing so much money. Sure. It's gonna, just gonna get more, It's not going to get cheaper. Yeah. You know, it's going to get more and more. Are you saying competition makes the marketplace cheaper? Uh, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I guess I'm saying it's the weird. direction of racing. It's yeah. weird. You'd think with all the business people in racing, yeah. we'd know that. They keep trying to make it. They think they're going to make it cheaper, don't they? Right, by well, getting rid it. of competition. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. making spec stuff, you know. Yeah, by getting rid of making competition. Making the product yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, let's not make any part competitive. That inherently will drive the price down. Right, right, right. yeah. <laughs> my, my, my whole thing with this that I never hear anybody talk about is that we're burdening the expense with the people least equipped to cover it. Yeah. It's like we're covering the individual race teams with yeah. the bill, not the people manufacturing the cars yeah, and right, have the right, resources right, you know right, like yeah. they're now profiting yes. off of yeah off of mike davis you know yeah, what i mean uh, yeah, uh, yeah, as opposed profiting to ford off, off of crashes right, right yeah yeah as opposed to 
the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a bunch of drivers, Brian, Nissan guys, Boris. Do you do you watch much TV? Like, are you familiar with what the concept of like a redemption arc is? Um, redemption arc. You ever heard of such a thing? Or I've like seen Tosh O do a redemption. Is that's actually not a bad. That's, it's, 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 Correct. I didn't see that one coming. I now I'm way more interested in your TV taste. But, uh, <laughs> But 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 Tosh point I was a good thing. so a redemption is when somebody you know maybe comes from a certain perspective but then they redeem themselves with the way their character evolves over time. Is there a driver you feel is on that kind of path that they can they can rebound from whatever bad reputation they have? Um, yeah, I guess it's Dane Cameron. Is what I would say. Yeah, huh? That's, that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah I think Dane Cameron. Sorry, Dane. Sorry, Dane. Yeah. yeah, sorry, Dane. So by the time this comes out, we don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it's November, December by the time this comes out. It's holiday season, Chris Willis. Uh, what, what might be a nice gift for your family? If you're a motorsports fan that likes historic racing, likes any type of racing, I wrote a book about the Nissan GTP car. They're all about electromotive. And uh, it just gets into great technical detail of the car and goes through all the races and, and how we turn the car around from, uh, from a crash-ridden back marker to from a championship-winning. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was a great time in my life. And I knew when I was working there, I knew that maybe someday I'd write about it because I knew it was such an iconic You took car. a lot of photos from back then and you yeah. still had a lot of data and things yeah, like and I that. Yeah, I kept all my notes yeah. because all my notes and stuff were so engineering driven i i I've referenced them I, I really kept them to reference them as i moved through my career and then uh once i decided yeah i, I need to write this book i uh, i was able to go back and, and get some old drawings out right. and stuff and, and, and so a it's bunch a, of stuff. but it's 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 a story about the nissan program it's your recount of it but i know you've got a lot of testimonials and quotes from people that you work with but if i'm let's say a young engineer like it's not just some old person's stories. Like there's a lot you can take from these stories in terms of just philosophically and understanding how problem solving works. Because I'm imagining that on a fundamental level, nothing changes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it. the same. You know, the same philosophies that they were using back then. I use. You know, today designing designing cars and, and race engineering. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just super smart people that work there. And the way the way the whole thing turned around, it, it, I mean, when I got there, I knew there was potential. And I just was hoping that the funding would stay there until we could, we could <laughs> yeah, right, right. realize it, you know. So I have a copy on my, on my uh, coffee table in my living room. Uh, but just to make sure I have the title right, it's How I Single-Handedly Saved the Nissan GTP Program by Chris Willis. Is that, is that the title? <laughs> if I was going to buy it for, for someone. Nissan and me. Nissan. By Chris Willis. By Chris yeah. Willis. That's there's you. no M-E in <laughs> Nissan, but there's an I. I did this. Yeah, Chris no, Willis. No, I mean, when I wrote the book, yeah. I, uh, I would write a little bit, and then I would send it to people that worked in that area of the car. And, and I would get – because the main thing about the book is there's a lot of – stuff that's wrong on the internet about the team and the cars i mean there's chassis numbers that we never made out there <laughs> yeah and so yeah. I, I wanted, on the internet huh yeah i wanted to set the record straight on everything we did and yeah. i knew a lot of people would be interested in the behind the stories because how do we come from nowhere and start beating porsche and, and all these uh, factory teams you know and so um so yeah it's it's uh it's real technical it, it talks about you know we were drawing by hand back then you know and and how we approach problems and and how we solve them and and the results, so it's uh, 
I think it's good for any engineer or, or anybody yeah. racing person. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's just like if you're a GTP fan, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I, I, my dad was obviously a Porsche guy growing up for me, so I was always kind of more towards the 962s, but the Nissans are badass. You yeah. know, the Toyos are badass. All those cars. All those cars are so cool, you yeah. know? So if you're a fan of that era, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. Just the amount of data you collected. Uh, for, when I say data, I mean like, you know, photos and testimonials and just all the content in that book. It's really impressive. Uh, hey, Chris, where can I buy that book? Especially the way that you make money, Chris. So, I mean, you yeah. can find it in some yeah. place, but what's, what's the place that yeah. benefits How does Chris, Chris make the most money off that book if I wanted to direct if, the fans if you, it? If you go to uh, um, www.chriswillisautoracingbooks.com. Okay. Yeah, that's W-I-L-L-E-S yeah. racingbooks.com. Yeah. 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 yeah, and Chris is C-H-R-I-S. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you go to that website, and you can order my book right there. Yeah. Um, I also have it on Amazon. Yeah, but you don't make yeah. as much off no, of that. No, as no, no. So don't, don't you dare so buy it off Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut that part. We'll bleep that part. Yeah, just I mean, and just I can just say, they suck to make videos for. <laughs> well, so there's that. The actual name of the book, <laughs> yeah. is the Electromotive Nissan GTP story. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me start over. Jesus Christ! <laughs> cut, cut, no, cut. you got one chance. Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Brian, you helped me with the title. I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but the yeah. title ended up being uh, Developing a Champion, yeah. the Electromotive Nissan GTP story. Mm-hmm. Well, I was telling Ryan before, when I was writing this book that I was, I was doing this book, and, and I told him the title was going to be The Electromotive Nissan GTP Story, Developing a Champion. And Br- Ryan says, uh, I think you need to switch those around. You need yeah. to say Developing a Champion, the yeah. Electromotive yeah. Nissan yeah. GTP Story. Yeah. And just I, call it Facebook. Facebook. I just think drop you, the That's yeah. great. Yeah. Just, just one couple kind of closeout thoughts yeah if you go through our list of people there's a lot of names that you wouldn't think are interconnected and yet you are a, a combining threat for like townsend bell has worked with you well, chris, chris simmons, simmons has worked with yeah. you but so has john morton so has boris said you wouldn't necessarily think all of these people are connected right. um, Bob price Cobb. yeah, yeah, yeah. bunch of bunch yeah. of guys i've been privileged to work with exactly but like no one would look at Chris Simmons and go, okay, Chris Willis, the sports car guy, and Chris Simmons, the IndyCar guy, have worked together. Like, that doesn't necessarily come together, but it's proof of just how small this world is. Um, so, for that 22-year-old who wants to be a racing engineer, who listens to our show, what's, what, what's the thing you would encourage them to understand before they walk in? I would, I would get involved in SCCA racing. I would go to S- local SCCA mm-hmm. races. Really? And, okay. and, and Learn from the ground up. Yeah, I'd talk yeah, yeah. to some people and maybe get hooked up with somebody yeah. that's got a car that wants a little bit of, you know, yeah. wants some help and to start mechanicing because you, you really need to learn mechanic part of the car really yeah, right. to understand it, yeah. to, to understand a car and how to design them and mm-hmm. stuff and, right. and even to set them up and how you work on them. You know? yeah. Well, so also I, to understand that sometimes like a small team has realities that they have to face. Like you can't, yeah. if it's three people on an SCCA group, you're not going to do a massive diff change, right? right? It's like, like you're going to you know, go with, we can pressures. do springs and pressures right now. You know what I mean? But yeah, and but, so, you know, yeah. you'll still learn about tire pressures when you set tire pressures. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's the basics of, of yeah. racing, you know. Yeah. And it's all good. You know, you come out of college, you know nothing, you know. And you, you get hooked up like HPD or something, you you have no racing experience. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, but also with HPD, where I'm going with this is with HPD, you have resources that HPD offers. When you then go out to the real world, realize. you may not realize that's not normal. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like when you say SEC, yeah. so when I'm talking about a diff change, I'm saying like yeah. you're not going to make setup changes or adjustments to what you can't do. When right. I go so to, you have to live in a real world. And go, yeah, what's the most yeah. important thing that I can control today? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. When I go coach somebody in like club racing, I'm not like, where's the setup pad? I'm like, you got a tire pressure gauge. You right. know, like right. then let's start with yeah. Right. And that might not be something, yeah. 
I would always encourage guys to go to the track and, yeah. and learn what actually hands goes on, on the track. Hands-on experience. Yeah, before yeah. you start designing and mm-hmm. engineering race, race stuff. Um, you have never really had to hunt for a job, it sounds like. Right. Because people keep calling you. What do you think your secret's been for that? Um, I think uh, kind of what we talked about is my, uh, my attitude and right. uh, my knowledge. Of You've never shown up to anything being the smartest guy in the room, it sounds like. I, I try not to. You know, yeah. I mean, there's always, you always learn. You know, every, every time I go to the track, I learn, learn something. So you, you can never say, and you're like, you know what? Orange County is like a stone's throw away from here, and you're still not the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> I don't know how it, that has happens. It, has it, it hasn't come as far yeah. south yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing, uh, one thing Trevor Harris taught me a long time ago. He said, because we used to, when he worked at MPTI, me, Rob Edwards, and Andy Borm would yeah. go knock on his door, and, and uh, he would say, yeah, go away. I got work to do. And then we'd say, hey, we want to talk about suspension and setup. Oh, come on in. <laughs> so, so we'd sit there, and we'd, we would talk for two, two three yeah. hours yeah, you know, yeah. about all the stuff. And one thing Trevor always began his statements with, with was, I believe this is how it works. Yeah, not this not is how this it is, works. Is, he never would say, this is how it is, and you need to be like yeah, this. Right. He, this he would always I say, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think this is how it is. You need to come with your own yeah. conclusion because there's so many ways to get yeah. there. Yeah. There's no right, one right way, yeah. and you always need to keep your mind open to, to things. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, what's the phrase that a young engineer can use to let you know that he's probably full of Um, I'm trying to get the tire compliance to work. Ah, oh, that's a very specific phrase. What and where? Where are the origins of this? Like, why is that out you? Um, just because. Um, I mean, the, the tire compliance is there. I mean, it's, the, it's up to the, the tire. tire works. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, you, you have to get the car to work. You know, it's not. You know, you, I like that you had an answer really quickly. Yeah, you, yeah, you've heard it enough. This has clearly been said. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we spent a lot of time with you. Obviously, you've got your book to, to do this for you. But the the people that click on this episode and have never heard the name Chris Willis, what's the sort of legacy you'd want them to take from this? Um, I just like to be known as a as a guy that did his best in, in race engineering and 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 also was was able to design championship winning race cars. I mean, I'd love to be known as a championship winning race car designer. Well, you'd really like to be known as a great musician. Yeah, but if, I, if I had the out. talent, if yeah. I had the natural ability, yeah. Fair enough. I had to work at it. I got pretty good at it, but not anywhere not near. Not as good I as you are a race Perform, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'd say on that note, Continental's got the check. I'm finished. I'll call you up to 15 times a day. And even if I don't know what to say. Silver diamond rings, another punk rock furry things, and all the gifts that you could do without. It's not your fault, no, it's not your fault, no, it's not your fault, no, it's not your fault. You were born into this giant mess. Got reasons to be happy when you're stressed. It's not your fault.